evening, Commandos. Good evening, Commandos. I'm Rooster. I'm Squiggles. And you're listening to the most plus ultra podcast in all of UA High. Ooh, good pull this week, Squiggles. I like it. And that'd be Call of the Crow. Kakong! From the Crowing Commandos themselves. Woo! So, it's been a week, man. It's been a week. What have you been up to? Uh, I, speaking of UA, I finally uh, got caught up on My Hero. You're like caught up, caught up. I'm caught up, caught up. What? Without, with the exception of the the, if I don't know if it released today or tomorrow, but tomorrow the, it comes soon. Okay, so yeah, I haven't watched episode seventy five, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm caught up completely. Well, technically, you could watch it. I know you don't do it subbed, but I you could, could watch it subbed because uh, there was an issue over Christmas break, and they weren't able to put out the newest issue. The, the issue, that's what I mean. The newest I'm not, episode. I'm caught up except to that episode. Yep, so we're at, uh, spoilers ahead. Uh, yeah, so you're up to, uh, Mirio getting shot mm-hmm. and, uh, losing his powers and then Midoriya shows up to kick some fucking ass. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I was watching that episode and I, uh, I looked at Noel and I went, man, he's gonna get fucking, he's gonna lose his powers. Uh-huh. Because, like, they kind of showed the bullets and it was, like, Chekhov's gun, which if you don't know Chekhov's gun, it's an old theater rule where when you see a gun, you're gonna see that gun get fired. Yep. So, kind of pay attention next time you're out theater, when you watch TV shows, something like that. If they make emphasis of a gun for any reason, you're going to see that gun get shot. Or really shot. any weapon, for that matter. Yeah. If you, if, if you see, see someone making an emphasis on a knife, that knife's gonna get used. Uh, to an extent, uh, the gun's more specific. Like, there's a uh, like you could say like swords. Sometimes they're ceremonial parts of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes people get hurt them. But like, I mean, uh, Brigadoon's a great example. There's a, a literal swords dance, and you're like, ooh, someone's gonna get hacked down, and then nothing bad happens with the sword. So like, you can also use it for tension. But guns, Chekhov's gun will always get fired. Yeah. So and that's as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh man, someone's losing. And I was like, Mirio's losing his fucking powers. Oh yeah. Because it makes such an emphasis on how he's going to be the, uh, you know, he's better than you, Midoriya. He could be the next All Might. A million. But I, uh, again, like I've said before, I don't think that My Hero is a show with a sad ending. No. Not yet. And Not yet. I, I think by the end, there's going to be that wrap up episode where it's like, and after we beat, you know, fucking uh, Togara, this is what we did with our lives. Which Togara could have been an amazing hero, but he is an incredible villain instead. Well, I think kind of like, uh, you know, they uh, they talk about Shinso who can, you know, mind control. It's like, I don't know how Togara could be a hero like with Decay. Oh well, yeah, Togoro with the decay could, but I mean, he could he could be at least a. Helpful. I mean, he could definitely stop you know bad guys doing shit. But like, what's that? Your car? Meh. No, it's not. He could do that. He could also, <coughs> if he could find a way to pinpoint it, he could be in the medical field and like decay the cancer in people. If they could find a way to pinpoint. I feel like you're making some stretches now with what this Maybe, guy can do. but... Because the entire shtick is, like, you got to be able to touch with all your, uh, all five fingers. That's why every time you see him, he's, like, you know, like, yeah. holding things weird, or he's, like, got one finger off, or it's always doing yeah. that thing. So it's very specific about that. Um, I've been spoiled a little bit about what his character will do from the manga, and, like, what he is, and, like, what his kind of future, or what past is, and kind of where he came from, and how he hooked up with All for One. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I don't think he could, I don't think his quirk could ever be that precise to do something like that like i think his quirk is just very destructive very fucking like just just it's gonna destroy things right unfortunately which is one of the thing, which is one of the reasons that he kind of got drawn for all for one and we'll see that in the future i suspect oh yeah pretty hard and i mean there's a new movie coming out so well it's not new for japanese audiences but for us we're gonna have uh what is it my hero academia two heroes okay and I'm really excited for that. It's going to be, I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to come out probably February. We're going to see an announcement. 
Commandos, future rooster here. I have grave news. Soylent Green is people. And also, as just revealed on Funimation's Facebook page and emails and things like that, My Hero Academia is going to be premiering in the U.S. on February 26th. So that is a Wednesday, I believe. Tickets are going to go on sale January 31st. So ignore those two idiots not knowing when it's going to be. Future Rooster knows exactly when it's going to be. And let me just tell you from the future, it is glorious! I actually wouldn't know as I haven't seen it because I just saw the news while I was editing this. But we can pretend that I'm from, like, the far, far future, right? Right? Anyway, back to the past. Enjoy, Commandos. What about now, when I, the dates Island are? is out in uh, English, correct? Uh, yes. I believe you can find it. You can't find it on Funimation, but I believe you could, like, buy it. Right. And I'm sure you could find it in uh, other less than reputable sources, which we do not condone on the Crow and Commandos page. Wink, nope. wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, but watch your anime how you have to sometimes, yep. you know. They're all law-abiding methods. Absolutely. What's that look for? That was absolutely. That was, <laughs> I was waiting for something else. That was just absolutely. Um, you know, I always find that funny. Like, I remember being in high school and, like, Maybe there were ways I got music that weren't like, you know, like, like legit. Yeah. And now like, I'm like, oh, I'll pay for the podcast I enjoy. Or, like I'm in a, a better financial situation. I'm like, oh, well, I'll donate to these creators that I really enjoy. It's almost like making up for like, I'm really sorry, sorry. before guys. Right. Here's me trying to make up for it. Please don't send me to hell. Please Anubis, let my heart weigh lighter <laughs> than the feather. And uh, <laughs> I mean, if Anubis is judging you, you might be on a good shot. I don't know. Well, yeah, if it's my cat, cat specifically, <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. So um, I always get a chuckle because, like, some people don't get, like, the great joke. I feel it is the name my cat after the jackal-headed god. Yep. And, I mean, I appreciate my vet. He's fantastic. He's always like, how's my Egyptian deity doing today? <laughs> like, I love the fact that he gets the joke and he just rolls with it. Like, it's my favorite thing. It's like the first time I took my cat to the vet, he's always he's like, did you name your cat after the Egyptian jackal-headed god of death? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> He's like, all right. Cool. Okay, then. So they do my little yeah. deity, and then he scratches his ears. It's fucking adorable. Gotta take the cat to the vet soon. Yeah. Yeah, nothing serious. Just yeah. a checkup. Yeah, probably Good times. do the same with Mew. I've got a, uh, I get the same reaction sometimes when I, I take him in because he's got the extra toes. So it, it's always, and you almost hear it from the back room too. Oh my God, look at his toes. It's, it's hilarious. It makes sense though. Like it, it makes sense though to call your cat mutant. Yeah. But like I named my cat after a fucking dog god. I know. Be almost worse. I'd be like, hey man, how's set doing? And that'd be my fucking cat set. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If I get a dog, I'm gonna name it Bast. <laughs> really fuck with people. <laughs> Have some fun with that. Oh man. So uh oh man, dude. It's been uh it's been a week. It's been. Like I went back to work this week. Um that sucked. Yes. I mean it wasn't terrible. It was just like after the holidays and two weeks off and just not working, mm -hmm. having to go back. And I was like, oh my god, I just want to sit at home and watch like weird little kid cartoons and then when he sleeps watch like violent shit like Goblin Slayer. Oh, yeah. Which I finished. Did you? I did. It uh it finished pretty cool. I actually really enjoyed the ending. It's it's on my list now to check out. It just Man, it's not bad. Like if you watch uh if you watch a couple episodes a night, you can burn through Goblin Slayer in less than a week. Oh yeah. Like I burned through it in like two, three nights. It's not, it's, it's, like I said, you get past that first episode, you get past the, uh, the raping goblins and it's, uh, it, it's way, it's all up, uh, uphill from there. Yeah. Like you get past that and it's all uphill from there. So, uh, I don't, like I said, I still feel kind of guilty cause I'm like, I really like that anime. And I'm like, man, that first episode though, I'm like, well, 
Eh, maybe I didn't need that part. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so a goblin slayer. Check it out, maybe. Sort of. Don't hate me. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it reminds me of a story. There was this, I don't even remember. I don't even remember what the anime was called. But it was like this insane anime. It was like post-apocalyptic future shit. And there was this, oh, man, there was this character. And it was it was very raunchy. It was, it was one of those, mm-hmm. like, 90s, like, not quite hentai, but almost hentai. Like borderline. It was like some weird Giver shit, man. And like the, like a Giver suit and everything. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Giver. And it was insane. And of course, one of the characters was wearing one of those like insane future, like dystopian future, like uh, kind of like Cher from uh, Turn Back Time, the music video. Okay. Like just like the, the leather V over uh-huh. like the nipples and over the crotchal area. Right. But it's all spiked. And it looked super uncomfortable, and it was like this character could like eat things. Mm-hmm. And I remember like someone was like, "Oh, can I check that out?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And I lent them the DVD, and I remember getting a phone call like, "How could you do this to me?" Because <laughs> it was such a fucked up dystopian anime, and like this character would eat other characters and then like vomit them out. And this guy's like so cold because <laughs> he's like melting from her stomach acid. And I just, I clearly remember traumatizing a friend in college because I was like, yeah, no, you can, like, yeah, go through my anime, you know, whatever you want to borrow, you know, go for it. And they were like, oh, can I borrow this? Yeah, sure, yeah, sure why not? Like, I also, uh, they borrowed Berserk and they hated me for that as well. Yeah. Which I don't know if you've ever seen Berserk. I'm Berserk's not. fucked up as well. Uh, the books are even worse. Like, they only really cover part of the story of Guts and the fucking Band of the Hawk. The books are fucking like, holy shit. So, uh, yeah, apparently, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I just watch a lot of dark shit. So uh, maybe I need to go to the fucking doctor (laughs) and reevaluate myself. I don't fucking know. You seem happy enough. Yeah, maybe I'm a sociopath. I don't know. Like, what is it? One in 25 people is a sociopath. One in 100 people is a psychopath. I don't know. Am I on that list? Am I I on a watch list? Probably. Probably with the anime I'm fucking watching right now. I mean, it's been said if you've ever read Catcher in the Rye, you're on you're on the watch list. That's like every high school student. Yeah. But uh, I've read Catcher in the Rye. I've not. Oh, man, you should read it. It's, uh, it's a good book. <laughs> good book, good book. Uh, but yeah, man, no, all, really, though, um, I'm looking for anime. All the anime I'm watching is, uh, well, sort of looking for anime. I guess I should uh, preface that. All the anime I was watching, with the exception of My Hero, has ended for the season. So uh, new anime is starting. Uh, I've definitely got a Sorcerer uh, Orphan on my radar yeah i don't know what that one is uh it's an old uh i want to say it came out in the 90s again it was an old 90s anime uh they made a ps2 game that i remember that i played the shit out of i really enjoyed it was like one of the first games i got for my ps2 and it was just uh it wasn't bad it was like one of those like uh it had real-time elements to like boss fights and stuff like oh you're fighting a boss hit the triangle button shit like that like god of war kind of style and I just really remember enjoying it. So I saw that it's going to be like Sorcerer, Sta- Sorceress Stabber Orphan or something like that. It's going to be the anime title. Uh, it's going to be simulcast on Funimation. So, of course, I'm going to be checking that out. Uh, let's see. There's some other. There's one that had a crazy title that I might check out just based on the title alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm scared, so I'm going to max out my defense or something along those lines. Let me find this really quick. Yeah, the actual name of this anime is... I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense. Bofuri, I don't know. It's like a <laughs> picture is like some chick with like a big ass shield. So I'm like, all right, I'll check that out. I'll see if that's about my life. Uh, there's Sorcerer Stabber Orphan. Okay. So it looks pretty cool. Suppose If I remember correctly, um, he is a really lazy but highly skilled sorcerer who only gets involved when his sister like has some problems. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, fuck this shit, man. I'm going to do it now because my sister's involved. So I think the first episode just came out. So I'm going to try to catch that if I can. So... I will say this because I was trying to catch up on on my hero. 
Apparently Hulu does not simulcast anymore. I know it did, in, at least in the first season. I don't know about the second and third. I ended up buying the Funimation app just so I could finish, catch up on, on My Hero. Dude, I'm telling you, the Funimation app is probably some of the... I, I buy it by the year. Yeah. And I'm grandfathered in on like the fifty like the $59 a year deal. So uh, I pay for that every year instead of paying... I think it's now like $7.99 or $8.99 a month. Uh, I'm, pay, I'm paying the $5.99 a month. It's like two screens, but I don't need more than yeah, that Yeah, it's like right the now. low tier or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got... So when they changed it, so when I got into the Funimation, they only had the one option. It was like $5.99. And then it became, <clears throat> okay, you can buy your subscription or you can say a $5.99 and we're going to grandfather you. Uh, you'll get the whatever the middle tier is and we're going to grandfather you in. <clears throat> and then they were like, hey, we're going to do this other option where you can get a year and you can get all this shit. It was like $90, I want to say. And they're like, oh, you can get like some pay-per-view with that. But I don't see any pay-per-view options on Funimation yet. And they're like, oh, you'll get some sort of reward. I don't see what the reward is yet. So until they actually tell me what the benefit of giving them an extra like $40 a month is, I'm just going to stick with the deal I have right. every year. And just every year around income tax, just know, oh, I should re-up my fucking uh, Funimation. Right. Because I, lo- like I said, I use the fuck out of the Funimation app. Um, I just started a new anime on it, actually. Oh, yeah. uh, Overlord, I'm like 15 minutes into it. Is that the, the one where they were like in an online game and... Uh, they're they're because I've seen there's a whole lot of anime. It's called like a second anime, and that's like you just described the plot of all of them. <laughs> well, they're they're, they're it's like I know uh, they were fantasy in, portal anime. Yeah, it's it. They were in an like almost like a wow. <coughs> uh, I suspect that you're thinking Sword Art Online. Uh, Mostly because you're saying there, and uh, so well they they were, and then the main guy, the Overlord, was um what was stuck in the game, and then after the game shut down. Okay, so yeah, you're kind of describing Overlord. So Overlord is, there's a guy who's a guild leader and his entire shtick is, uh, he is gonna be, he, you know, he's sad that his friends aren't there anymore at the end of the guild. So he's gonna wait around. Yeah. Is this it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, I've seen Is it I've called seen... Overlord? Well, that, Squiggles I mean, is there's... showing me his phone. He goes, is this it? I'm like, well, it, well, you're looking I mean, at Overlord, how, man. How often do you see shows, especially animes that have the same titles? Or well, at least sim- very well, similar the thing is, titles. you start off describing it like it's sword art, which it's like, yeah, everyone's in this fantasy world. So it's an entire shtick of anime right now. I um, mean, it goes all the way back to like dot hack and shit, you know, right. where it's like, oh, shit, are people trapped in this virtual world? And I mean, it probably goes further than dot hack, but that's kind of where I think, you know, yeah. cause it's got that like that light cyberpunk feel and the fact that people are just trapped in a video game. But I mean, the, uh, really light cyberpunk. There's no such thing. There, there's no light cyberpunk to it. It's not <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. Ignore I said that. That made me sound stupid. <laughs> But yeah, so it's uh yeah, so the guy's trapped in the game because the game servers go offline and he is left in the game. So I don't know what's going to be left of his body because it's a full dive anime, so that means he had to have some sort of headgear on. Uh, Sword Art says that if you take the headgear off, it's going to fucking kill him, so that's why they're all trapped in the games and shit. And uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in this one. Yeah. So I uh, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to definitely finish the first episode. I started it and then I think Parker like woke up or something or I had to, I had to be a dad. I had to go off and do dad duty. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll get back to it. And I haven't gone back yet, but I'm intrigued enough that I will go back. Because I think the first couple episodes is him coming to terms with the game ending. Uh, the game ends and he's trapped in it. And, like, he sets, like, one of his characters, like, stop being a bitch and, like, love him or something. Right. And then, like, all these characters are, like, they develop personalities based on, like, the settings they had. And then, like, it's so, then he has to, I don't know, man. A lot, a lot of the NPCs start coming out of the woodwork as real people. A lot of the characters that were played by people are coming in as NPCs now, and he's part of of this game. And well, I guess technically, like everyone would be an NPC for him now, wouldn't it? 
It would be, yeah. Because, I mean, like, you're an NPC for me. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, I mean, if we're living in a simulation, Squiggle's just an NPC that I'm engaging with. Sure. Or we're two NPCs that are just engaging in nothing. I don't know. At no point do I accept the fact that I'm not a yeah, real person. Yeah, at no point do I accept the fact that I am not the main character of my own story. Well, it's not being, yeah. It's not, you're always the main character of your story, but what I'm saying is, like, your story's just not important because I'm right. the actual protagonist, yeah. and I'm the one living through the adventure. That That's debatable. That that Your story, maybe, but not mine. No, my story's way better. <laughs> Trust me, man. It's awesome. I got this awesome house with a cat and shit in it. Two cats. Three cats if you count yours. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man. Um, no, yeah, you'll always be the protagonist of your story, good or bad. You're both the protagonist and sometimes antagonist of your own story. That's true. Yeah, so Overlord is, uh, it's, I don't know, man. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, I'm 15 minutes in, so I'm about at the end of the first, uh, the first episode. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's got like three seasons. Right now, I'm not convinced I'm going to be hooked on it. Right. Uh, I don't tend to watch bad guy anime. Like, in general, I pick, like, when I play video games and I do anything, I always tend to stick towards, like, the good side. I, you know, I'm a Jedi or I'm a hero. I never tend to go villain or Sith. The, this is one of the few times, because I saw at least the first, first season, at least first half of the first season, this is one of the few times I get to go, I'm going to spoil it for you just a little bit. He's not the villain. He's he's portrayed as the villain because he was playing a villain character. He's not a villain. Well, the, uh, the He tries to be a heroic character after the fact. But. I don't know. The description doesn't really sell it. The description tells me that he wants to be the overlord of the world. <laughs> so, he, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know if I dig it yet. And the thing is, like I said, I just if I'm going to have to pick between like a dive anime like that, like right now I'm just going to go back and watch Sword Art. Like at the at the moment, it has it just hasn't hasn't grabbed me yet. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm only in the first episode, so I'm gonna go back and check it some more. Uh, but we'll see. The, it's a new anime season, a bunch of shit starting up. Uh, My Hero still got some shit to go, so I am looking for some stuff. Uh, but I just I don't know yet. I just don't know yet on it. Well, there you go, Commandos. We're looking for some new anime. So if you got something, send it our way. I'll send it squiggles way. I don't know. Definitely if I send it my way. I don't know if I need definitely any help send my anime. way. I have a queue a mile fucking long of anime. <laughs> God, it's kind of like books and movies to watch, dude. You know how fucking yeah. backlogged I am? I don't need help finding that. <laughs> I mean, if you guys know some good mecha anime, feel free to send it out this way. Because I also, uh, I, I finally got around to starting uh, Gundam uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans. So I'm enjoying that so far. I'm like three episodes in there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to put that on, I think, when I do some, whenever I do just building Gundam kits. Okay. I just want to put some mecha on in the background. Have some fun with it. So that's kind of my goal right there, kind of my plan. At least that's what I'm working on, at least. But yeah, man, so Funimation's got a whole new slate of yep. fucking shit coming up. Uh, you got anything else, man? What are, I got uh, some other shit still. Only, only thing I really, other, only other thing I really did was uh, with some D&D this week, some continued D&D. All right, you got a little bit farther in your campaign? A little bit further. We, uh, we got to, um, we got to fight three fire giants this week, along with a shit ton of other things and ended out on top and i almost died i was floating between like four health points and 15 health points for a good four rounds and finally bumped up over 20 and then up up back towards my full health but yeah for for a good minute there i was i was on death store we may actually be starting horde of the dragon queen in the near oh, future man i can't wait I'm so <coughs> excited for that it was potential tonight but then amy and gabe had to had to go record a movie there was and so in two weeks i think we're gonna actually get the first session in so i'll be excited for that we'll see how that we'll see if yeah. it actually happens 
So uh, right now I have hope, though. I have hope. <laughs> There's always hope. Yeah, let's see. So if we start that up, uh, I'll be DMing, and we'll see what happens. Are we now? Are we going to have to recreate our characters? Or are we going to? Are I don't think we're going to need to recreate the characters, but I do think we're going to need to spend like the first 15, 20 minutes just. All right, guys, let's reintroduce what's happening. You guys are a party. This is the connection. I'm going to print out the uh, sheets just to make sure everyone has one. So if anyone lost anything, they're ready to go, and we'll go from there. Okay. But overall, I'm pretty confident that we're going to be okay. Horde of the Dragon Queen's not too bad. It starts off light enough, I think. And I'm pretty familiar with the first couple episodes of it, or because we're doing that episodic style. Mm -hmm. So I'm familiar enough with the beginning that I think we're going to be okay. At least I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. So I sure hope so. <laughs> oh, let's see, man. What did I do this week? Uh, I played some Small World. That's always fun. Ah, oh, man, it's one of my. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite games. It's an evergreen title for sure. Oh yeah, I don't remember if I put it on my list of board games or not. It was. It was on. If not, I did not, it was on my short list. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Days of Wonder game. It has been out. Oh, God, at least six or seven years now. It was out when I started the hobby. And it's so fun. So the way Small World works is you have... It's very modular in, like, how many people are going to play. Like, okay, cool. Uh, I think you have to have at least three. And then you have a small board or a bigger board or a bigger board or a big... Depending on how many people are playing. And it maxes out at, like, six. Uh, you get a trait and a race. And the way it works is you just shuffle up your traits, you shuffle up your races, you lay six out, and then you have, you know, that's how you just start with. So it's like, cool, you can either take the top one for free, or you can pay to get down to that sixth one. Take that, all the money stays on there, next one up, boom, you know, they slot up. <coughs> and then uh, if you take one that has money on it, you get the money with it, so that's pretty Ooh. fun. And it's just a fucking phenomenal little game. Oh, yeah. Uh, the world's obviously not big enough. It is called Small World. Uh, you attack your opponents to get points, sometimes because they're getting too many points, or sometimes because you might be uh, mercenary orcs and you need to attack people so that you get money. Or other times you might just, you know, need to attack people because you need to get some sort of resource or some sort of, like, land grab. Like, oh, cool, I have magic spaces. As long as I attack these guys and get those magic spaces, I can harvest the mana there. So it's a fun little game. I really enjoy Small World. There are so many expansions to it, and I own a couple. Oh, yeah? And all they really do is they add new races and traits. Um, like, the one expansion I have is uh, it adds Skags from Borderlands. Okay. So that was pretty fun. That was a really enjoyable little game. Uh, Aaron ended up playing them at one point. And then you play different civilizations throughout the game. You either, you know, you're either active or you go into decline. And I ended up, I got ghouls, which when they go into decline, you can still play them like normal. And I got, I rode them till the end of the game with my orcs. Nice. Yeah, I almost won. It was, it was a close, it was very tight it was like 87, 89, 92 for scores. Wow. I had, eight, I had uh, 89, so it was, a, it was a very tight spread for points. It was fun, man. It was a great fucking time the a other small night. Small World seems to do that a lot where it's always going to come right down to the wire. Uh, it can if you uh, if everyone's really engaged and everyone's like, fuck you, and like they're attacking each other, it can definitely get like that. Um, I have seen Runaway Small Worlds, but not as much. Like it tends to be, it's, it seems to be very well balanced. <laughs> oh, it's definitely well balanced. Like uh, Days of Wonder has a great tendency of only putting out one, maybe two games a year, mm -hmm. and the games they put out are almost always evergreen titles. Uh, you know, case in point, one of the other big Days of Wonder game is Ticket to Ride. Right. So it's Ticket, like they just Ticket is fantastic. Game. Oh, Ticket's fantastic. It's fucking easy, easy to pick up, great to play. You can play it with experienced players like yourself, moderate players like myself. Or brand new players to the game. Mm -hmm. Ticket to Ride is most assuredly a gateway game. It's a game that I've used on a lot of people. Uh, it'd be a game that I think I could break. I could break out, and my brother and sister-in-law, if their kids were, you know, being watched by someone else, would enjoy playing. Right. And that's kind of like the barometer I always use for games. 
Uh, it's kind of like I use, uh, I got Ultimate Werewolf, I think. We got that for my father-in-law a couple years ago. And we haven't played it with them in a while, but One Night Ultimate, you know, it's quick, it's easy, it's fun, it's quirky. Right. And it was really enjoyable. Like, they liked it enough. There was one night, God, this is years ago, like, we played it, like, fucking eight times, man. Just kept playing Ultimate Werewolf. To the point that I was like, all right, I'm ready for something else. Right. Um, which is, you know, you run into that sometimes with games like that, but not with Ticket to Ride. Ticket right. to Ride's a game, like, I finished playing Ticket to Ride, I'd be like, all right, cool, you guys ready to play again? And I only have the core game. I don't have any of the uh, any of the expansions. I don't have any of the special boards, well, the, any of the special I was going to say, anything. like, you say expansions, but it's almost like sequels. The, Ticket to Ride hasn't really put out, it seems like, uh, expansions to add to the core game. So much as it's put out sequels to add to the universe of Ticket to Ride. Yeah, I mean, it's different boards, and then each board kind of has their own, like, quirks to it. Yeah. And not to confuse it with uh, My Hero. <laughs> but, like, uh, I think Ticket to Ride Europe, uh, when you're playing that, they've got, like, gatehouses, so you can put one of those down on a track. Mm -hmm. And then if, like, um, you know, like... Or subway tunnels in New York. Uh, I'm not familiar with the New York version of the game. I'm only really... Yeah, I'm not familiar with anything other than Europe, if I'm being honest. Uh, but the gate out, like, you put those down, and then you can um, you can use someone else's trail to count towards you for, like, your longest train, so to count for your routes. So it's like, ah, someone else is, like, using your equipment or something like that, like, thematically. Um, I'm not familiar with how the other one... Because, again, like, I've never felt the need to buy any more Ticket to Ride, which is, like, probably, like... A, great for a game, but B, fucking terrible for a game. Right. Like, anytime people talk about Champions of Midgard from Gray Fox, I always say, Champions of Midgard is a fucking great game. If you want it to be a phenomenal, amazing game, you need to pick up Dark Mountains and Valhalla, specifically Valhalla. Yeah. Uh, Dark Mountains is good just in the fact that it adds a little bit more to do and a little bit more monsters to attack, so if you're playing with a full, like, five-player complement. And I think Dark Mountains might add that five-player uh, commitment to it. I can't remember if it's Dark, because I got them together, uh, Dark Mountains and Valhalla. But Valhalla is where, when your Vikings die, you get chits so that you can fucking, like, pay for other shit, or you can, like, fight, like, epic monsters in fucking Valhalla. And it makes the game so much more fulfilling, because then your Viking dies, but you get something, and it, it feels so thematic about, cool, this is my Viking spirit, now I'm going to cash this Viking spirit in to get other shit. Right. And it's, it feels so thematic. And I, so I feel like you need both those expansions to play the game. I'm actually, I might go up and see my buddy Breaks in a couple weeks. And he asked about, T, you know, hey, could you teach me this game? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll teach you that game. I love Champions of Midgard. And I asked, I was like, do you have the expansions? And he's like, no. And I was like, cool, I'll bring mine. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'll totally teach you Champions. But I'm going to bring the fucking expansions because I'm going to have to sell those to you. Yeah. Because that's how the game works. And no way is this a paid promotion from Gray Fox Games. But Gray Fox, if you're listening, please. Send us a letter. Yeah. Uh, you can shoot us an email at crowingcommandos at gmail.com. Please uh, address it as sponsorship opportunity. God, I'd love it, man. If we can sponsorship if I can, opportunities, I would freaking love that. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even need sponsorships. Just let me play test some of your shit. Right. Gray Fox has a lot of fun games. They got Deception. Uh, they've got Reavers just came out, which I have not got to the table yet. It's sitting over there on the shelf, and I just keep looking at Reavers of Midgard. Like, I want this. <laughs> I want to play it. I just haven't been. We haven't had a group together. Yeah. Because I want to play it with at least four people, and I just haven't had the fucking chance to play that yet. So soon, Hopefully. soon I will get Reavers to the table, and then I think they're saying that they want to do a Midgard trilogy. So there's Reavers. So I don't know what the next one's going to be. Um, Ragnarok. I don't know, man, because it'd be something of Midgard. So Ragnarok of Midgard sounds kind of weird. Yeah. Champions, Reavers. We'll see. Oh, there was another one they just had. I think it was like after the Empire or something like that. It looked really fun. It looked like it was like a castle, uh, panic castle defense kind of game, tower defense kind of thing. Uh, I did not kickstart it because I'm at the point where I have 
um, at that point, I had a lot of Kickstarter money out. Like, we're talking, like, a few hundred dollars, like yeah. several hundred dollars, like eh, five or six hundred worth of uh, Kickstarters out. Uh, we're finally down to there's only, like, $300 of Kickstarters out. So until I get to zero, I am not Kickstarting anything else, though. Right. I'm like, I need some shit to come in. And thankfully, some shit has. Uh, Cthulhu Death of My Die came in. Reavers came in. Isle of Cats just came in. Oceans came in this morning. So it's been a fucking embarrassment of riches here at the Commandos HQ, guys. I've been very excited for that. That's always a good thing, though. But yeah, man, Small World, super great fucking game. Uh, highly recommended if you haven't played it yet. Uh, another game I've been playing, uh, Aaron introduced me to this just before Christmas. It's called One Deck Dungeon, and it is fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah? So the reason I can tell you how phenomenal it is is because while we beat it that night, but we we broke some rules on accident, didn't know we did. Um, he taught it to me for the record. Uh, he goes, hey, there's a, a mobile version you can download. I'm like, okay, cool. So I uh, get on iOS, get on my app store, download One Deck Dungeon. Uh, I ended up buying all the fucking expansions for it. So I spent like fucking $15 on this fucking app, oh. which I never do. And I have played the shit out of One Deck Dungeon. I have beat it. Uh, I've beat every dungeon with uh, one of the characters, and I have uh, played with most of the characters. I've unlocked all the characters because I paid for them. Uh, it wasn't like you could just play and eventually unlock because uh, it was it DLC. Was, yeah, you had to pay to play. Yeah, it's like if you look at the statistics of this game, man, like I have played uh, the one character I've played with, uh, I am 2459 with her right now. Wow. Because it's a brutal game, so I've played it so many times. They don't have the actual amount of time I've spent on this game, thankfully, because it would probably depress me. <laughs> but, like, I mean, you can see, like, this fucking record. Like, Dragon record, Minotaur record. So I have all... So I've played this game so many fucking times. Now, um, would you be able to play and still have fun on it if you didn't download the, you know, however much money worth of stuff that you were downloading on it? Uh, Yeah, if you just downloaded... I mean, you gotta pay for it anyway. It's like... I think it's like five bucks. Okay. So it's a pay-to-play... It's a pay-to-buy anyway. Um, but yeah, if you just got the base game with like five or six heroes and like it's got five dungeons, I think you would have a great time, especially because you could get, uh, no, Kalina was a, a DLC hero, so I had to buy her. Um, but yeah, no, I think you would enjoy it. It's a fun game. It's, uh, it's got some different things. Once you beat all the dungeons, you, uh, all the base dungeons, you unlock what's called gauntlet mode uh -huh. where you try to see how far you can like go into the dungeons and beat the dungeons. Um, I have put so much time into this. That I haven't went to Sentinels of the Multiverse on my phone in fucking eight, in at least three weeks. Wow. Yeah, I know, because Sentinels of the Multiverse is my favorite board game, and I have not played that on my phone. So I haven't played Sentinels in like a month. So, wow. like, I mean, I, I could teach you how to play Sentinels right now. Yeah. But I uh, I could teach you how to play One Deck Dungeon right now, super easy. Like, if you just put the game in front of me, I'd be like, I don't even need to read the rules. I have this down. Yeah. <laughs> I have played so much. Uh, and it's nice because, like I said, it's digital, so it won't let me break the rules that we accidentally broke when Aaron taught me to play. Right. So I'm like, oh, I can do this, and oh, I can do this. So I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like, this is easy now. And uh, it's a great game. Super fucking fun. Uh, enjoyable. The animations take a little bit long, so I turn all that shit off because I get really annoyed with it. Some people probably dig that. Like, oh, look, there's dungeon doors and stairs. And I'm like, fuck that. Just take me to the next part. <coughs> I ain't got time for this bullshit. I just want to play. So, but yeah, man, I would, uh, I would totally check out One Deck Dungeon. Well, I, uh, I believe that at some point. Yeah, I mean, and board gaming in general is getting a lot better on mobile. Uh, Sentinels is a great game. You can play mobile. One Deck Dungeon is great. Uh, I think you can play Ticket to Ride on mobile. Really? You can get Evolution on mobile. Uh, I feel like Terraforming Mars came to mobile or is coming to mobile. I don't know if they've got that finished yet. So uh, there's a lot of board games that are starting to make the jump into the mobile market. 
And what I like about that is they'll offer challenges. They'll do things. So like it, it spices up the main game a little bit. And right. sometimes you'll get a, a one deck dungeon. I don't know if there's a promo card for it, but uh, Fanatics in one deck dungeon because it's uh, one deck dungeons by Handelabra Games, who does Sentinels of the Multiverse. So I can play one deck dungeon as a Sentinel of the Multiverse character, oh, which I really cool. appreciate because I'm like, I love Sentinels. So it's really cool. So I totally would recommend one deck dungeon to you. Uh, and I mean, the last thing I really have uh, that I have to talk about is just uh, hopefully you guys have been checking out the Chrome Commando page over on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have put up uh, a couple videos. Uh, there's an intro video where I eat some Keith's hot sauce, which uh, it says it's not so hot, but it's kind of got a little bit more kick than I was prepared for. It's good and it's like a gravy, but it definitely has more kick than I was prepared when I ate yeah. it the first time. I was like, who Nelly? <laughs> All right. So you can see that. Uh, you can see an introduction to Gunpla. And you can see uh, Isle of Cats, a Kickstarter unboxing. Oh, I cool. just put those up there. Um, and then next week, we're going to have a couple more videos. I actually am recording a couple of squiggles tonight. So instead of having to record them the day of or the day before and uh, edit and get everything done, rendered, and ready, I'm going to have a little bit of a backlog so I can actually enjoy my fucking week. That would be Because nice. I just got cast in a play, so I don't have as much time to make video content, of course. Man. So I will be doing, uh, I'm going to be playing Giles in Agatha Christie's Mousetrap at Spring Hill. Sounds on good. On February 28th and 29th. So uh, ask what I'm doing on Leap Year. I'll tell you. I am uh, going to be in the theater play. In the theater. Yeah, I'm really interested in how it's going to work out because uh, I'm, so I am playing a character. Obviously, I'm playing, I'm an actor in the play. Uh, and the director is somebody that I kind of got the job for. Because in a weird way, so we got that grant for the Spring Hill, and it's uh it's working out of Spring Hill. Like so, Sammy's like kind of in is in charge of Spring Hill. Like she's the you know the right. director. She's the you know the business director at Spring Hill. Well, the players is like her side project, but like she produces the shows for us, and like she's like oh yeah, so it's like I'm kind of like artistic directing. That makes sense. So I'm artistic because directing. You, I mean, knowing you, you you know so much about theater. You know so yeah. much. You know a lot more than the average Joe. Yeah. I've I, I dabbled in theater. You, you, I've dabbled. You, I've dabbled in it. I, I, I just, I don't want to sound like a fucking, because I, I don't know shit about theater, man. I'm making it up as I fucking go. Are you kidding me? I mean, it does. That's a lot of what anything is, though. I dabbled. It's a, it's a hobby that I paid a lot of money for. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I took some student loans out for a hobby. And, uh, but yeah, so I'm artistic directing and I'm also going to be acting in it. So I'm going to have to, uh, and this isn't going to be a challenge for me. Um, I love to tell people that wrong when it comes to like nerdy shit, but like I have such a hard time in the creative process being like, I don't know about that choice. So I don't have to worry about that. I am really excited though. Uh, I've never, I've always wanted to be an artistic director. And so this show is going to be a little bit more of a challenge because I'm in it. So I don't want to be like, well, I asked the director to do this. So if she's, if I don't, and it's not that I think she's going to be wrong. Cause I think Amy's going to do a fantastic oh, fucking yeah. job, but it's going to be like, you know, like, Oh no. Like, do I say, Hey, I think you should do this. I don't know. Um, so it's going to be fun. I love the collaborative process of theater as well. So it's something I'm really looking forward to. And so I hope people come see it. It's going to be limited seating. We are looking at selling two nights. Uh, the 28th and the 29th, we may be able to open a preview night to the audience to an audience. I don't know yet, so we're working on that. But I'm uh, I'm fucking super jazzed for it. I haven't heard who the full cast is. I know two other actors. Um, my friend Sue from CFP and Patrick, who helped us with uh, oh, Christmas Carol. Patrick. Yeah, you met Patrick. He was at Christmas Carol, so he's going to be in it. And Sue's going to be in it. So there are some people that I've worked with before 
Um, I suspect there are some other folks that are going to be in it that I know. Um, I haven't heard, like I said, I haven't heard the full cast, but I'm really excited. It's going to be a great show. Oh, yeah. And we're setting a show, uh, you know, and, you know, it's supposed to be in a Victorian era house in a Victorian era house. That's awesome. So it's going to be pretty fucking nifty. You guys have you guys have done (coughs) quite a few things at Spring Hill Mm -hmm. that I've been a part of. I've never been disappointed going to a Spring Hill show. Uh, That's the goal. I've never been. I've never even been been just just that was okay at a Spring Hill show. I've always been really, uh, really, I've always thought it was really well done. I've always thought this has been a great night. Like anytime I've gone and done Spring Hill stuff or seen Spring Hill stuff or just hung out with Spring Hill people, because you guys are all great people. It, it, it always comes back as, man, this was a great night. I'm glad you feel that way. We definitely strive. Um, I think one of the strongest suits that I've, the Spring Hill is one of the strongest aspects in just volunteer and commitment in that core group. And I like this. The players group is just dedicated. It's just a group of dedicated, lovely fucking individuals. Um, just beautiful fucking artists, wonderful humans who are just fun to work with. And I, you know, it's like, it's easy to say that kind of shit, but it's so fucking true when it comes to them. Like, but you, you can see it too. You can, you can see the love you guys have for each other. And even like, because I've done a few things with you guys, the, the love you have for the people coming in and just joining you for a night or two for whatever you're doing. It's a passion project, most assuredly. Yeah. Um, fun. You can, but you can see that in the finished project, and it's so fantastic to just walk in and see the love of the project, the love of the people, the 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 family feeling. You guys definitely have that that everybody's family, and we welcome you to our house kind of feeling. We try to. So and I'm it, hoping. And I, I feel like that does come out, and it does I'm glad come that out comes that across. Way. I'm really glad that comes across to people. I mean, that's what we strive for. That's what we want. That's why we, I mean, we hope all of our patrons who come out and see our shows, all the patrons that come out to the house, not only are they getting, you know, a little bit of historical perspective on things, but, you know, they're having an enjoyable evening. And uh, fun enough, we're going to be doing, uh, I'm going to be starting a podcast for it. Oh, yeah? Well, part of the grant is I have to document my process. And now well, that we have the show way. going, I want to die. I want to podcast it. Uh, it's not going to be a weekly podcast, I don't believe. It'll probably be a bi-weekly or monthly podcast. Okay. But it's just going to be kind of our trials and tribulations as we start this theater, as we do something like this. And ideally, it'll be obviously me and hopefully a couple of the other like the other directors. Uh, maybe I'll get Amy and I'll get Kathy. I'll maybe get even Sam. Sammy. You know, I'll get them to come out and do something. So, you know, uh, so you hopefully, guys, you can look forward to uh, at least one other podcast from me. But that'll be like, it won't be the rooster persona where I'm a little more like mean to people. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a lot nicer because it'll be definitely more like true to who I am as a person. Right. So I got to separate that personality. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've dropped, uh, you know, talking about that. It's like we've dropped part of the like, it used to be like Squiggles was like a bumbling idiot and Rooster was just like his like, yeah, fucking, like I'm still disappointed a bumbling in idiot, you. But <laughs> yeah, Rooster was like three steps from like, I'm so disappointed in you Squiggles. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just a bumbling idiot in real life sometimes, though. So yeah, yeah it's that. always something like I don't know, man. I, I'm never sure where the characters fucking start and end. Sometimes I'm like, well, what is this? Is this a rooster thing to do? Is this a? Is this- well, I don't think it's all because part of it too was it was just us amped up. It wasn't really like it. it we do a lot of this stuff in it, when we're not on the podcast, when we're not on the videos. We do we. When we're just hanging out, we we say that kind of stuff to each other. It was like fair, fair. I definitely think we amp it up though. Like we we, we ramp it up for the show. We that's something do. that's always fun and enjoyable. I don't know. Like I just I feel like people would be like, "You're a fucking dick, Chuck." I'm like, "Oh wow, that hurts, guys." <laughs> I mean, I am a dick, but that's a different story. I don't know where this podcast is going, man. We're getting off the fucking rails talking Spring Hill. I'm like, let's talk about our characters, man. 
So yeah, Spring Hill, man. There's gonna Spring be a Hill's play up there. We'll probably talk more about it a Tell little you bit. What, Spring Hill. I took Kayla on our first date there to the uh, mur- uh, murder mystery in November, uh, Kill on Hill, and it was. She said it was one of the best first dates she's ever had. It's one of the best first dates I've ever had. Is probably the best, honestly, best first date I've ever had. It was. It was a great night, and I feel like. I, I can't say this enough. If you want to go out and just have a good time, Spring Hill is a great way to do it. Unless you're in Spring Hill and you got to be up there. Well, even then. <laughs> I mean, I have a good time doing that, so. All right, man. Do uh, you have anything else to talk about this week? Uh, not this week. I think I'm I'm pretty good this week. All right, let's go into our uh, maybe new artist of the week. Maybe new. <laughs> so we say maybe new because we have done this for 14 weeks now. And each week we feel we get a little bit better. I feel like we might have went off the rails a little bit tonight, but that's a different story, Commander. Yeah, we go off the rails all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, I know we've talked about Ashley Witter before. We have. Uh, she's one of my favorite artists. Uh, she is doing a lot of Dr. Afra covers over mm-hmm. at Star Wars for Marvel. Uh, she is the main artist on Scorriers. She has done Scorch. Uh, a lot of art. She's done art for board games, uh, Fantasy Flights, Android Netrunner. Uh, she did art for some of the cards. Super cool lady. Uh, very, very awesome. Yeah. Uh, amazing artist. Very good artist. And I feel like we've talked about her before. I but I don't like know if we we've talked to. about her in Artist of the Week capacity. So we finally started a spreadsheet of all the people that we've liked on <laughs> Artist of the Week. So if you've heard this before, let's just, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll keep it short and simple. But let's just say Ashley Witter is probably one of the best fucking cover artists in the game right now. Absolutely. If not the best. Um, and I mean, I'm putting her up there with the likes of like Alex Ross. Yeah. Like I know Alex Ross covers are always so like, or, you know, like, oh, you know, or like J. Scott Campbell, but his, his covers are more like the sexy covers. And I think that's why they're so popular. Possibly. Uh, Ashley Witter covers are fucking phenomenal. They are to the point where I don't read Star Wars and I was, I was half tempted to pick up some of her covers just for the cover. Like her covers are just so fucking like. There's a lifelike energy to them. Yeah. Like you see it and like there's always. You can almost see the pictures moving. Yeah. There's always some sort of like she captures motion. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about Squarriors. Squarriors is this dark gritty fucking uh, Game of Thrones meets Redwall-esque fucking universe. It's a dystopian future. It's fucking. It's it's so dark and it's gory as shit. Like squirrels and field mice and cats are fucking murdering the fuck out of each other in this book. Right. And, like, the art is so dark and so fucking, like, and by dark, I mean, like, so fucking, like, just realistic and there's so much happening on the page that you feel these just lush, beautiful environments when you're reading it. And it's one of the one of those artworks that every time you read it, you can pick out something new. Yeah, no, it most assuredly is. Like, you can just see these little fucking details. And it's just, it's such beautiful artwork. I mean, like, ten, ten times over, you're going to pick out details you didn't notice before it's it's her artwork is that that kind of amazing Mm -hmm. and i can definitely understand like the reason the books take so long is because there's so much tension to detail and there's so much beauty in it and like if my only frustration with it would be you know oh no it takes forever but then it's like you get the book and you look inside and you're like oh my god it's so gorgeous like you just fucking you just you visually eat the pages yep like there's there's the only way i can fucking describe it like as soon as you crack open a copy of scorriors i just i fucking immediately like my brain just starts to fucking feast on this fucking world that she's you, created you almost read the book cover to cover without reading a single word and then you go back you could read. you could honestly um i'm never gonna forget my favorite cover so far of scorriors is summer issue one mm-hmm. and it's like an old drive-in and there's a fucking like a fucking 
just like hooded roguelike fucking character on a fucking drive-in fucking speaker box and it's like the, the world's decayed around it but it's like you can just there's so much happening in this picture and like it'd be like it's almost a writing prompt like it's almost like i want to fucking write a story based on what i'm fucking seeing alone and like they're just they're so fucking and it's like immediately grabs you into the world um, I mean, the cover is why the reasons I picked up Squarriors in the first place. The first issue of Squarriors has one squirrel and you standing sold on the hell out of. Squarriers. I did, I did. I sold at least you, five or six people. I was gonna people. say you had at least five, six, seven people that were picking. Yeah, it was up back when I was working at the comic it. shop, um, and I just I kept telling people like, listen, this book is fucking gory. This book is dark. This book is fucking awesome. If you're looking for art, buy this fucking book. Right. And it's just so good. It's like I I can't describe it in any other way than just fucking breathtakingly magnificent. So and that, that's all. That's all, Ashley Witter. Yeah, man, and she's fucking great. Uh, she does a lot of covers now. She does a lot of Marvel covers. Uh, she's done some X twenty three, Fantastic Four. Uh, she's getting all kinds of fun. Uh, she's got some DC covers. I think she did a Harley Quinn cover. She did a Justice League Suicide Squad uh, cover. Okay. So she's getting fucking work and all kinds of things. Uh, you can go to her website and check it out. I've actually linked it in the show notes. Uh, her shop is just full of fucking original art that I want to buy and just put on my fucking wall, which I keep resisting because I'm like, I have so much art that I haven't framed. Right. I'm not allowed to buy art until I frame up everything I have still. <laughs> That's my current rule. But the first, uh, the I you the, have enough art, you could frame it all up and change it per the season. Yeah, I thought about it actually, like a museum, changing my like rotating yeah. the, the gallery. Uh, but I want to get uh, there are original pages of Squarriors that I want to buy, and I keep saying I'm going to. And once I get the shit framed up and handled, I'm going to. Yeah, because uh, it's just it, and it's fucking just it's it's so good. It's just it's the the pencil lines, and you can just see the fucking work and just the mastery that she has for her fucking craft. So man, if you uh, if you guys are looking for an amazing artist, absolutely, and, yeah, man. And I mean, like, honestly, here's the here's the thing I love most. She does this amazing fucking artwork on Scorchers and these fucking uh, Doctor Afra covers. She also has this like whimsical, wonderful little world of Scorch that she draws, and it's just like the world, like just the fucking talent, just the pure fucking talent up there. I'd put her up with the heavyweights right now. Like the fact that she doesn't have more fucking books. Um, I hope, like, I hope it's her choice and it's not people holding out on her. I, like, would, I would assume because her work is so good, I would assume it's it's got to be her choice because no no way does she not go, I want to do a hundred different things. But I think she knows her talent and she knows how long it's going to take and she wants to she wants to make sure what she puts out is genuinely good. Oh, work. man, it's fucking phenomenal. So, like, it, honestly, probably one of my, if not my current, if not one, of, if not my favorite artist that's currently doing covers, right? And you know, doing art in general, like it's just it's fucking phenomenal, man. So check out Ashley Witter art. All right, and I think uh, that takes us. That takes us into the news. Do, 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 do. All right, uh, first news story. Uh, as always, we're probably just gonna burn through these, get to our discussion. Sure. So, I mean, we can talk a little bit. We'll see. Uh, we got a kaiju three-way, man. Did you see that? Right. Did you read this? I did. I was. I saw. You put, <coughs> I know you put this on just for me. Oh, most assuredly. I, I I hadn't seen it until then either, but it it was. So we had a toy oh, show. We did. And uh, not us specifically, but there was a toy show uh, where you know it's just like, hey, these are the toys that are coming out for the fall. These are the toys that are coming out next year. Get your orders in now. And there's potential that Godzilla versus King Kong may have been spoiled a little bit. Uh, from and, what I understand, most people believe it has. Uh, and they have shown uh, Mechagodzilla, 
that they fighting, have. Uh, well, not fighting per se, but in the same tier, literal tier of the fucking toys as King Kong and Godzilla. And it's not classic Mechagodzilla. It's a more modernized look of Mechagodzilla. So with that being said, I believe Mechagodzilla is coming in which I was more surprised it wasn't Mecha, uh, Mecha King Ghidorah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Mecha Ghidra because I thought, I was like, you go Ghidorah, I go Ghidra. I yeah, love that's it. just. I love classic right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but well, yeah, yeah, I definitely thought that too because, like, you have that fucking head at the end of King of Monsters. And you you have the, the uh, you have the head at the end of the monsters. You have the team swarming uh, Mecha King Ghidorah at, at the end, or you have him swarming the head. At the end of Monsters. So it was just... That was why I thought it would be Mecha King Ghidorah. But it, it, if it's Mecha Godzilla, I'm okay with that too. Well, it makes me wonder, like, you know, what are they going to do? How are they going to make it Mecha Godzilla? And it makes me wonder too, is this going to happen over at Skull Island? Is this going to happen off of Skull Island? Because, I mean, that, I think that's the biggest question. Is King Kong leaving Skull Island or is Godzilla going to Skull Island? Well, I think they were saying it was on Skull Island where they found the, the skull at the end of Monsters. Yeah, so, like, they kind of imply, well, they kind of imply in Monsters and they kind of imply in the universe that under Skull Island might be where, like, the, you know, the fucking, you know, Titans originated. Yeah. So... I have a hunch they're going to go and they're going to do something stupid or they found something down there and they decide to put fucking like fucking armor on it. Right. Like that's always been something I wondered about Mechagodzilla. Like, oh, are they going to try to do like some weird like RoboCop style shit where they just put fucking awesome armor on? I don't know. And is Mechagodzilla going to be a robot that has a pilot or is it going to, you know, it's like, huh. is it, is it going to be an automated pilot? Like, I mean, are they going to operate it from, you know, an aircraft 50 miles away? How how are they going to operate Mecha Mecha Godzilla? So I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see what they do with it, man. And is this is this how you get so you don't actually have to have Kong versus Godzilla mm-hmm. and you have to have a winner and loser in that? So that because I mean it, we we've talked about this before. Every superhero you battle every superhero, but anytime they're battling in the in the comics, they usually come to a draw because you don't want one or the other to be the loser. Oh, very true. Superman, Spider Man, they fucking oh we're friends now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you always do that. I mean, even even Wolverine Hulk pretty much comes to a draw every (laughs) time. We're cool now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, very true, very true. There and it's less uh, that we're cool. It's more okay. We're we're both beat to shit. Let's walk away. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what they do though. So is that is that how you get the two of them? You get Godzilla and Kong, who have both been seen to be the hero monsters in in this universe. Is that how you get them to be on the same side and you get everybody? <laughs> it was all a misunderstanding. We have to fight this giant robot, you. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I'm intrigued. I will definitely see. Uh, I don't think they've got any Godzilla Kong trailer out yet. The movie's supposed to come out this, like, November, though. In November. It got pushed back to November. But it is... I, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to, to uh, Kong versus Godzilla. So, we'll see. I'm really interested to see how this, how this is going to go. I'm excited for it, though. Mm-hmm. So... And I mean, the thing is, like, King of the Monsters, I think we've talked about where it's like, man, this is an okay movie. It's just, you know, you got to get rid of the human shit. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) They got to find that balance because they they had way too much human shit, not enough monster shit in in Godzilla. They had some pretty decent human shit in in Kong, Skull Island. And then they they went back to too much human shit in uh, King of the Monsters. So they need to find that balance that they had almost in, in Skull Island. More John C. Riley is what they need. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else we got? Death Note lives. Death, You're Death Note, Note guy? I'm not. I've watched a little bit of the anime, but not a whole lot of it. I don't oh, think man. I even finished the first season. 
Well, good news. There's only one season. So you get through like 20 some episodes and Death Note's done. Uh, it's collected over seven volumes, I believe, maybe eight. Uh, and it's uh, I love Death Note. Uh, Death Note is one of those rare occasions where I love the bad guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Death Note is the bad guy. Kira is not a good fucking guy. Nope. Not at all. Uh, big fan of Death Note, though. Uh, and uh, so it's going to be the first time in about 12 years that there's been a new Death Note chapter. It's going to be a short story. It seems Ryuk's going to come back to Earth, uh, and his Death Note's going to end up in the hands of another human again. Oh, no. How could this happen? <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm excited for the shenanigans that could imply. Uh, 84 pages, not going to be that long. It's a one-shot. I don't expect more Death Note coming in the near future after that, so... I'm going to be excited for it, though. Uh, the live-action movie was not good. No, no. Did not make me happy. Uh, the anime is fucking phenomenal. Uh, I, I can't recommend that enough. If you're looking for that, especially like, man, it was like 2007 I was watching it. Yeah, it would have been. It was summer 2007. If you were, if you were in that, like, emo scene kid kind of, like, fucking, like, were into that. like, you should, like, and you didn't watch Death Note, you missed out on that, man. So, big fan of Death Note. My sister was always a big fan of Death Note, so... It's, it was just, it was different, man. It was an anime that at the time I was like, man, I never saw this coming. I didn't, I didn't know what to think of it. Like I remember people buying notebooks with the death note and shit. Oh man. I remember V went fucking nuts for it. <laughs> and he kept telling us, you got to check this shit out. And so I fucking, I bought the first book and I was like, holy shit, you got to check this out. Yeah. Uh, so I, a uh, big fan of death note. Yeah. I, uh, I really want to revisit it. It's been a long time since I've checked out death note. Uh, I checked out the live action a couple years ago when it came out. I was less than, enth- uh, less than enthused. So I, uh, I need to go back and revisit Death Note. Kind of give it a shot, see what's happening with that universe. Because I, uh, I love Death Note. I really did. Uh, Fantasy Flight Interactive. Crash and Burning. Yeah, this is odd. <clears throat> it is. So Fantasy Flight Interactive is the, the video game publishing uh, division out of Asmodee. Uh, they are the ones that are kind of, they're taking like Fantasy Flight games and they're helping like port them over to like computer, Steam, things like that. And uh, long story short, uh, they uh, they were all laid off. Yeah, about uh, ten people, I believe it said. Yeah, what's really uh, what's really interesting is, I mean, Fantasy Flight's always when I think of the juggernauts of the board game industry, Fantasy, Fantasy Flight's Flight is, right there. I, so much so that Fantasy <coughs> Flight is one of the the few board game uh, companies that I I can name off the top of my head. Yeah, they have such. Like a, I I don't I don't pay attention to a lot of a lot of that stuff like you do, but I I know Fantasy Flight stuff. Yeah, I mean, Fantasy Flight's one of my favorite companies. They put out a bunch of games I enjoy. Uh, they're the LCG ty- um, holder for a patent. So if you're playing, like, Marvel Champions, if you're playing Twilight Imperium, you know, if you're playing Descent, like, you know, Fantasy Flight games, all of them. So the fact that this is uh, this is interesting to see that a company like that might, have, might be having some problems, some struggles. There have been some key departures recently they've lost some designers they've left lost uh you know just main people within the company so i'm a little concerned for them right now because there's a lot of games i mean i'm playing marvel champions right now i'm fucking loving it right so i really hope that like there's no thing to be concerned about from the board game division it seems like that's strong as ever it might be them just you know cutting the fluff and what's not making the company money so i'm really interested to see if they make any announcements or they say anything different at the fantasy flight keynote address this year at gen con um, and I mean, I know that's fucking from where we are. That's eight months away. So I'm sure they'll make bigger announcements about what the company's doing by then. But I'm still I'm really interested to see where the company seems to be like Gen Con's going to be a great barometer, I think, for it. I, I, I think you're right. Uh, they um, had a different Gen Con last year uh, that, you know, I like Aaron and I were talking about because instead of having a big market and with all this shit, it felt like they were selling a reduced amount of games and a reduced selection. 
So I'm really interested to see if, you know, there are problems within the company. Like maybe they're going to start cutting back or changing some things. Like they just killed one of the LCGs. They just killed uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, so they killed Android last year, but that seemed to be because I think it was last year they killed Android. Uh, but that was just because Android was um, they lost the license too. Oh, okay. like they couldn't use the Netrunner license anymore. So as a result of that, they killed that LCG, but they just killed Game of Thrones, which seemed like it was a very popular, like strong uh, LCG. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just because they ran out of book material and they're like, well, we're done designing games for it. But, I mean, they've been designing cards and shit for, you know, game they, for they, uh, Lord of the Rings. Ran, if they ran out of book material, can we just blame George R. R. Martin again? Yeah, well, they can just go with what happened in the series, but that's a different story. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see where the company's heading, uh, especially because, like I said, when I think of juggernauts of the board gaming industry, Fantasy Flight's up there. So if Fantasy Flight starts to show signs of weakness, that would most definitely hearken to the idea that maybe the Golden Age board games is ending. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Fantasy Flight's putting out the Arkham Horror games, you know, so it's like they keep coming out with more and more fucking Arkham games. Uh, so I, I think the board game section's just and, fine, but I think it's everything else Fantasy Flight's doing yeah, might be in trouble. It's the it's the... Fantasy Flight always puts out, it's not just like they put out games, the most games. They put out a lot of games, and they're usually, 95% of the time, they're very good games. Yeah, Fantasy Flight puts out games that are, I mean, they're games that hit the table very frequently. If you look at my yeah. shelves, you're going to see a lot of FF games up here. Absolutely. Um, I. It's a company that, like, you know, I you couldn't, you can't avoid buying if you're in the modern board game industry. Um, like I said, if you're playing card games, uh, you know, they're Star Wars Destiny, they're Keyforge, they're Game of Thrones, which is ending, they're fucking, you know, there's so much shit, they're Marvel Champions, uh, Android, which is still has a very strong player base, despite the fact that it was discontinued. You know, there's so many games that Fantasy Flight's putting out that I just, I can't imagine, and I don't think it's happening, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I can't imagine a world... I can't imagine a world where Fantasy Flight loses the fucking grip that they feel like they have. Because right. for me, it always feels like it's Fantasy Flight and, like, Simon or something like that. Like, it's always the world versus Fantasy Flight. Yeah. And, I mean, even, like, Simon or, you know, come on, as they want to be called now, you know, I miss their old title, Cool Mini or Not. Apparently, that wasn't cool enough. You know, <laughs> it's like, even they use fucking uh, Fantasy Flight's Asmodee, who owns Fantasy Flight. Uh, they use Asmodee for their North American distribution. Wow. So, I just, I, you know, it's like I said, I, I don't think the board game market's in trouble yet. But, you know, it is kind of weird to even just kind of, like, you know, play the game of, like, what if? Because I can't imagine a Gen Con without Fantasy Flight, and I can't imagine right. a board game, like, just the landscape without some com without a company like Fantasy Flight. Now, there's always been, like, you know, Asmodee, there's always been the argument that Asmodee mismanages their properties and mismanages the brands. So maybe that has something to do with it, because along with the interactive, supposedly there were a lot of layoffs over in the RPG side of Fantasy Flight as well. And they run the Genesis system, um, the uh, end of the year, you know, end of the world uh, RPG that we keep saying we're going to play. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they run that. They've got Star Wars, the RPG. So they've got other RPG. They've got an entire RPG line that could be in trouble as well. So it'll be really interesting to kind of definitely keep your eye on that and see where Fantasy Flight's going and what's right. going to be happening with that company. And I hate to say this, but I, I do hope it's only the the video games. And, I you know, I, I hope the... Because the the director, the the president, whoever was of the of the Fantasy Flight Interactive, had said, you know, I'm gonna try for the next month to find all my people jobs because they're all very good at what they do, and I myself am looking for a job. So it, obviously he cares about his people, and I I just I hope it's only them. I hope it's only it goes as far as the the video games for for towards Fantasy Flight because 
that I don't need a fantasy flight video games as much as I need fantasy flight board games. Oh, definitely. I um yeah, if you had if I had to choose between, you know, one side of the company to survive, obviously I'm always going to pick the I'm always gonna pick the board game side. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a story. Definitely kind of keep our eyes on and see oh, what's absolutely. happening with it. It's uh, developing, as they say in the yeah. news world. Uh, the next one's kind of interesting. It's based on a uh, Stephen Soundheim uh, musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a Soundheim musical called Merrily, which takes uh, its reverse time, Benjamin Button kind of style. And it takes place over about 20-ish, 30-ish years, uh, just about a couple, like, you know, from the 20s to like, you know, old age. Uh, so they're doing this, uh, they're going to do this, they're going to shoot it in reverse, and they're going to shoot it over the next 20 years, and it's got a release date of, like, 2040. 40. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. They've got a couple Broadway actors for it. Uh, they've got a director who shot a movie called Boyhood over 12, 12 years. years. Uh, so he is not, he is not, uh, you know... He's not... I don't know, like a stranger, I guess? So like long shoots. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see how this is going to work. Everyone that has worked with him on boyhood has said he knew what he wanted at the beginning. He knew where he was going and he knew how to get there. So, so it's it, definitely interesting. I mean, this is the thing kind of thing where it's like, you can have a script and you could literally keep changing it like for years and yes. still be okay. So I wonder like the title development, hell, like, you know, I'm always wondering what that, if that's going to apply to this, like, I just want to know, how do you get like, how do you get a, a, a production company to sign on for a 20 year project? Ah, I guess you just hope that the payoff in the end's worth it. I guess, but man, you that's know, that's an insane like. I can't imagine going into that production room and going, "Hey, I've got an idea." Twenty years. Let's well, do twenty years. I'm of more profit. curious about how many shoot, how many shots they need. Yeah. And so, like, what the plan, what the process is going to be there? Like, I mean, these are actors, so it's like, what if you book something? Are you always going to be booking? You know, like, all right, I'm always going to have like the third week of January. We're going to go shoot this. So it's like, what's the plan? How are they going to like, so I'm really interested to see how they're going to work that out. But I mean, I mean, I know this, this is terrible, but you, you also run into what if someone gets hurt? What if someone gets sick and completely changes? I mean, like Mark Hamill after the first star Wars got into a wreck and they, they had to write in scenes for why, why he was messed up. Yeah. But then we get the Wampa. We do. So, but I, but I mean, how you have to look at that too. Like if something happens to somebody over 20 years, 20 years is a long time for something to happen. Well, I think that's kind of the gamble that you're taking, though. Like, you want to get that. You want to have that age. You want to have that experience. You want to have the same actors. It's like, you know, kind of like they all, you know, there was the the joke about, oh, instead of making It Chapter 2 immediately, let's wait for these characters to age 20 years. Like, let's make It Chapter 2 in 15 years. Let's make it in 10 years. Let's see these guys as adults. And I mean, like, if they had done that, like, that would have been an interesting choice. Like, I don't know how that would have worked out. I don't know if there's any guarantee these people would come back and make the movie. Like, what if you stop acting? But I've always been intrigued, and it's always it's always interested me in the idea of what if you made a movie like that? Yeah. Like, this is a movie that will, like, during production, it's going to outlive a lot of people who might be interested in this movie. Right. And I was like, 20 years is a long fucking time. And it's not just like it's in development hell. It's like, oh, we're going to shoot this movie in bits and chunks over 20 years. Yeah. And then we're going to cut it together. So I'm I'm fascinated by the concept and I'm fascinated yeah, then, by then the idea also, of making then it. Then you also have to worry what happens if something happens to the production? Like if something literally happens to the film, you you've lost 15 years worth of work. Yeah. I think it's the gamble you take. I guess. I mean, who knows, man? man Maybe in fucking is, 20 years, you know, we're living in a dystopian I, Mad Max future. Who knows? Possibly, but I I hope in 2040 you and I are going to see Merrily. We roll along and we'll do a podcast on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to sell tickets uh, this early, but uh, I'm, uh, I want to see how this one turns out. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that 
if uh, the movie, you know, if the movie landscape's anything like it is now, like, I think there's a lot of people who are going to be like, you know, I had to go see it. Because, I mean, shit, man. Well, you know, we'll look back on that and be like, well, you know what? It's better than Cats. Oh, fuck. I haven't seen Cats yet. I don't want to see it. I'm still intrigued. I want to see it. I don't. I want to see it drunk. <laughs> like, I want to go see Cats. I think I about that's the, drunk that's the only way mind. you could see it, though. Like, I just, I don't want to watch it. With the A-list cast that they have, I don't want to watch that movie. Yeah, but they got, like, you know, Dame Judi Dench to be like a cat. But then they didn't want to put the dots and shit on her, so like they fucked up and they gave her like human hands. Did we talk about this last week? I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, a little like, bit, but they had to patch it and they fucked up. So, shit, man. So there are people who saw movies and they're like, oh no, we missed the patch. <laughs> like, I'm fucking fascinated by the idea of how terrible this movie could be. <laughs> like, I, I'm not fascinated enough to pay money for it. Like, if someone was like, hey man, you want to go see cats, I'll pay for it, I would take them up and I would make them waste their money on cats. Right. But I like this, I don't know, man. Like, it's not gonna be playing on my birthday in like six weeks. But if it was still playing around my birthday, oh man, I'd probably go see cats. Like I'd probably get fucking lit and Uber out and catch cats. <laughs> like it would be fucking, it just oh, sounds man. like it'd be phenomenal. It, it's going to be a t- terrible train wreck is what it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like a fucking exact train wreck. And I'm fucking, I'm just, I'm intrigued. I want to see this train wreck. I don't want to see it in my house. This I want to see it on the big screen. Where I was, was going to say, this, to be. Is, this is one of the few train wrecks where I actually don't want to see because you know I love me a good train wreck. But man, it just nothing about this says I want to see this. Oh, it looks so nightmarish, man. I'm in. Like I just I, I need to see it. Like I know it's bad. I know it's not going to be good. I just I want to see the nightmare. I think the thing is they took something and they made this like we're going to spend like a, a gajillion dollars on it. Like I think he spent right. like 120, 130 million dollars on this fucking movie. Which a lot of that is paid to the actors in it because, like I said, very A-list actors are in it this is, movie. It is. What I what I don't get is like. Into the Woods was like, all right, we're going to kind of make a big budget like Into the Woods. And they do, you know, fucking Les Mis, which I believe the director did Les Mis. So it's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. What I think that you should have done with this movie and what they didn't do is just fucking put it into the costumes. Like, actually make the costumes. Yeah. Because Love or Hate Cats, Cats has fucking got a lot of costumes and it's been on Broadway and it's like, it's succeeded. Like, you didn't you didn't need to fucking because one of the things like I guess the cat scale keeps changing in this movie. So instead of doing that weird CG shit where the scale keeps changing, like, you know, once they're like, you know, a quarter the size of a human doorway and then like seven of them are like on train tracks dancing and shit. So it's like instead of doing this weird fucking world that you've created, like just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, just go ask the furries how they fucking do it. Yep. Like, just make that happen. Like, the furry community fucking, they'll show you how to make a fucking fursuit on a, on a budget. Yeah. Shit, man. I'm never going to forget, like, I mean, it's almost as bad as when uh, when uh, X-Men Apocalypse came out. And, like, the, yeah. uh, the fucking, the train wreck that was Apocalypse, Apocalypse. himself. I'm never going to forget. The, like, he looked like Ivan Ooze. Yeah, he looked just, yeah, he looked like Ivan Ooze. He looked like a bad Ivan Ooze cosplayer. Yeah. And there was always like there was that huge meme going around, and it was the guy from Comic Con, and it was like this guy built a built an apocalypse outfit for like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, like why didn't we get him to fucking do it? And it like, looked it looked like the '92 cartoon apocalypse. Yeah, I mean he was like it was dead on. He was live action. There was no CG for that son of a bitch. Uh-uh. This is a dude that's like looking through long boxes at Comic Con. Dude, I I mean I went to a Comic Con and there was a dude that made made a Juggernaut uh, costume. And part of the costume was a trash can lid for the helmet. And it worked because it, I mean, you couldn't tell it was a trash can lid until you're right up on top of it. Well, shit, even good CG, like, um, and I'm going you know, to fucking talk like, like cosplayers, like you give them a fucking will. There's a goddamn way for cosplayers. Oh, yeah. And I say this, so like fucking there's great CG. Like I think uh, Hulkbuster is a fucking incredible piece of CG. Oh, absolutely. Hulkbuster fighting Hulk fucking awesome in Age of Ultron. One of the few great parts of Age of Ultron. Uh, yeah. Talk about a mediocre movie. 
Which, I mean, I, I say that lovingly. I like Age of Ultron. Uh, Age of Ultron's just, now that you can look back and look at everything in I MCU, have a, I have a lot of nostalgia for Age of Ultron, because that was the first movie we went and saw as the Commandos. Yeah, we did. We we had a huge fucking group. You, me, Nelbanaski, Eric. Okay, so it's not a huge group. It was four of us. Was, but, I mean, at the time, that was the whole, that was all God, do you remember we opened the, uh... The box, the uh, the fucking Marvel Collector Court. We opened the very first box uh-huh. as Age of Ultron, and then we went to see the fucking movie. Yeah, that was the picture we used for you, me, and Erica for our videos for a little bit. It was the three of us at the fucking theater. That grainy ass, terrible fucking selfie. Yeah. Uh, no, there's definitely there's definitely good memories of that movie. Yeah. And I'm not again. I'm not knocking. It's kind of like when I'm like, well, Thor is my least favorite. I'm like, oh well, not oh, Hulk's my least favorite. Thor is down there though. But I'll fucking sit there and I'll fucking happily watch those movies. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll put Hulk on right now and I'll be like, man, this movie's not great, but fuck it. It's, uh, I can eat some popcorn to this. Right. And, uh, no, I'll, I'll watch Edward Norton Jr. chew up some scenes. And Age of Ultron looked great. Like, yes. fucking, yes, you know, plot wise being a bit of a train wreck at times. So, train wreck's coming up a lot tonight. We need better, uh, you know, the thesaurus out. I mean, it might just be our title for this. Yeah, <laughs> train wreck. I don't know. Is that what we want to call it? I don't know. So do we want people to listen to the podcast called Train Wreck? Uh, okay, every time we say train wreck, take a shot. <laughs> oh, they'll be, be drunk by five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so watching that fucking uh, watching that movie, yeah, we had a good time watching Age of Ultron. But like Hulkbuster looks so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. And I remember a couple years later, man, someone fucking goes stomping through New York Comic Con in a fucking Hulkbuster outfit, fucking nine feet tall, fucking fully articulated, fucking real life uh-huh. fucking Hulkbuster. Some engineer came up with it. So it's like cosplayers aren't fucking around. And I mean, there there's there's guys that. Cardboard Iron Man, I think I think is is the guy's name, but he he literally does costumes, uh, metal costumes out of cardboard. It makes it look realistic. Yeah, I've seen the shit. So it's like hire these fucking people. Like, yeah, we gotta do CG. Like hire these people. Like that apocalypse guy. Give, give, give these guys an actual budget to put together <laughs> some shit. For Darth me. Vader, that guy who did the fucking apocalypse outfit, like just cut his voice out straight and then fucking voice over with whoever played apocalypse. I don't even remember that movie. So forgettable. Yep. God, I haven't seen the fucking uh, next one yet. I haven't either. What is it? Dark, Dark Phoenix? Phoenix? Yeah, Dark Phoenix was the next one. I, I started to either. fuck up that timeline in my head, but then I remembered they let Wolverine, they let Weapon X Wolverine go in Apocalypse, right? Is that where they go to the fucking base? Because that happens. Honestly, I don't, I've saw. I've seen that movie one time and I just, I could not watch it again. I realized that the X-Men movie franchise continuity is the same as the X-Men comic, comic continuity book? in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't fucking know anymore. It's it's almost to the point where you have to go, okay, well this happened and this happened after that. Where did this one happen? Yeah, like, like it's I don't even it, fucking it's too know much, it's anymore. too much of a mind fuck to actually try and figure out. So as a sidebar, and it's not in the news because I just read it before we started recording this. Did you see that New Mutants is gonna be considered part of the MCU? Really? Yeah, supposedly. I don't know if it's in the trail. I haven't watched the trailer yet, so I'm gonna watch that after this. But uh supposedly there's a, something that's like, you know, like a new world, a new side of the MCU or some shit like that. Huh. So supposedly they're directly connecting new mutants to the MCU. That's cool. I've heard. And then I heard that they changed nothing. So I don't know. But I heard that originally they took all references to the word mutant and shit out. And it's like uh, the uh, the new mutants team is going to be trapped in a psychiatric hospital for evaluation as they get their powers. And there's some supernatural force at play. So probably I don't I, I'm not 100% because I'm trying to avoid shit because at first I was like, fuck this movie, man. I saw your fucking apocalypse. I know what Dark Phoenix is going to be. Fuck this noise. But right. now I'm actually I'm kind of getting back on board. If Disney thinks it's good enough to release like they had to release Dark Phoenix last year. Yeah. Like that was right after the Fox Disney merger. And it was like, fuck it. It's on the schedule. Just get this fucking nightmare out. Collect the money. 
Now, though, they got the choice. Like, everyone thought we were just going to randomly see New, Mut New Mutants as a streaming service. And they're putting it out, man. April 3rd. It's going to be a big budget real release. The only question I have, if it's a supernatural play, do we see it come in with uh, with, with um, Doctor Strange in, in, the, uh, in the multiverse? Do we see it come in there and then start building its way over to the MCU as is. I don't know. I mean, we see that, like I said, we're going to see this movie in fucking April. Yeah. So like April 3rd, we're going to see this movie before we see fucking black widow, I think. Yeah. So I, I fucking don't know. I'm intrigued. Um, like I said, I haven't watched the trailer yet. So uh, like color me intrigued, but uh, I'll have, I might get off the train. We'll see <laughs> before it wrecks train wreck train drink. wreck. So we'll see though. Um, I'm intrigued though. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I don't know about the actors. Like, I'm not a big, like, I like Game of Thrones. Um, I, I, by the end of it, and it's more like the script's fault. But I was like, Maisie Williams doesn't really have a lot of shit to do. So I'm like, yeah. Is she going to be a good actor? I don't know. Like, she's Wolfsbane. I like Wolfsbane, man. She's Scottish. I don't think Wolf, it, Wolfsbane is a cool character. So, yeah, man. You know, she fucking becomes a teacher at the school for a while. You know, she's in fucking New Mutants. She joins the, the Pentagon's X Factor. So I'm, we'll see what happens with it. I'm not sure what characters they're really going to roll with. Because um, I think it's got Sunspot, Wolfsbane. Cannonball. <sighs> Cannonball. Yeah, Cannonball's in it. Is Blink in it? I don't, I don't know. think Blink's in it. No, Blink was in, I think, uh, The Gifted. Did you watch The Gifted, Anna? I did not. I liked The Gifted. I uh, I stopped watching midway through the second season. Yeah. But I enjoyed The Gifted, man. It was pretty cool. Uh, it was it was different, man. It was a uh, it was the take on the X Men universe that I didn't realize I wanted. Okay. And I I, I wanted more. Like I, I don't know if it's still on. I think it got taken off the air, uh, especially because like all that shit kind of got changed up and shit once uh, the because the X Men's you know is back at the House of Mouse now. Right. But it was a show that I really enjoyed. Like so I wasn't sure about if it. If it's back at the House of Mouse, is it on Disney Plus? Uh, I don't know because I think tech, I think Fox. Because I know Run Runaways is. Runaways is, but it wasn't done by Marvel TV. I think Fox maintained the rights to its TV division. Okay. Because I so I think Fox just gave up. No, they would have had to give up TV because they got Simpsons. They got Simpsons and they got um, they mm. got they got X Men and the Spider Man shows that were all on Fox. Yeah, on Fox. So I don't know where the gifted might be able to be found. We'd have to look because I, like I said, I liked the gift. It was a series that I didn't like. It's got some rough points, but it's got a uh, fucking Warpath, uh, fucking Blinks in it, and there's a couple other um shit. Uh, Polaris, fucking Polaris is in Polaris, it. Polaris, yeah, Polaris is in it. So it's like it's not bad. It's not amazing, but it's not bad. Right. Like it's definitely it's a it's a good mediocre TV show. For like, and it's oh, a like it's a good different take on the X Men universe that you didn't know. You yeah, needed. the fucking um. God, I can't remember what the sisters' names are. They're the 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 cuckoo sisters. Yeah, the cuckoo. Yeah, the cuckoos. The cuckoos. The cuckoos. They're in it. It's pretty cool, man. I dig it. I dig it. Um, and I heard Legion was really good. I didn't watch Legion, but I heard that was I've supposed heard, to be a really I've heard good fucking show. Legion's very good as well. So that's another one that's been on the list, but I haven't watched it. So yeah, man. Uh, God, how the fuck do we get this far from fucking Merrily? We roll. I have no fucking clue, man. Crazy, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, lock and key trailer drops. Have you watched it? I did. That was a pretty good trailer. I'm fucking excited for it, dude. Dude, I love the books. I love the audio. February 13th. Is that when it ends? I believe so. Early February. So keep your eye out on that. If you have Netflix, if you don't have Netflix, now it's probably a great time. Uh, go ahead and get Netflix now and then warm yourself up for lock and key. By no means is it related, but watch glow. Cause glow is fucking phenomenal. Right. 
And then uh, Muppet Olympus. Muppet Olympus. This. So we had talked about this a little bit in episode four, uh, where where um, Laura Olympus on uh, right, was it Toon Worms. Comics, something like that. Uh, Webtoons. 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 Laura Olympus on Webtoons is getting a TV show. We now know that the Jim Henson Company is animating Laura Olympus for Netflix. I'm intrigued by that because I thought they were going to go live action or something. Well, I, I guess too. we knew they were going to. Maybe we knew it was going to be a cartoon. I don't know if we knew it was going to be a cartoon because I think we thought it was going to be live action because we we had said how are they going to do the uh, the different characters in the different colors like they were. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I, I don't I don't remember our conversation so well, but I did, like I said I know that until you just until I saw the news story I was like oh I thought it was going to be live action so I think that's going to be the best way I hope they uh, I know they're going to animate it but I just I want it to be just all Muppets I do too like that's the world that's I terrible. want it to be I, I know but I want it to be I mean you, you could almost have everything's better with Muppets absolutely it's a better with Muppets yeah everything's Muppets. better with Muppets have you ever seen um uh, we're gonna fucking sidebar again sorry. Uh, I Noelle's gonna be. I don't think she's gonna be excited about if it was Muppets. Uh huh. But Jim Henson Company does a lot of solid work. So oh yeah. I think that if you're gonna give them, if you're gonna give somebody an animating duty, which I didn't know they did animation specifically. I didn't either. Um, uh, but aside from like Muppet animation, if I you want like fun and whimsical, and because I think this is a show that's gonna be about color. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the webtoon, um, it, it's all about color. Like every time I see the previews, every time I see Noel reading it, or you know, anytime, anytime I see anything about it, it's always the first thing I notice is just the vibrant colors that are popping off the screen. And I think if anyone's going to really understand those color palettes, I think it's going to be someone like Jim Henson. I agree. Um, well, the company, and obviously Jim Henson's in the fucking ground. But uh, it's going to be the company. Like, the color company deals with that fucking, those vibrant fucking Muppet uh, Muppet palettes. So I think that they're definitely going to be able and to I capture think, this. I think they'll be able to also capture not just the, the vibrancy, <coughs> but the change of vibrancy. So they'll be able to capture when Core's going from angry to excited to... Uh, nervous to because her color changes ever so slightly and i don't know if it's on purpose or not but it's ever so slightly sometimes and then she like she'll get this really dark pink when she's angry and then this brighter pink when she's happy so it it, it seems like it's on purpose but it's subtle and they'll be able i i believe the jim henson company will be able to match that subtlety It'll be interesting. So it'll be fun to watch. Ab- absolutely. I'm excited for that one. Um, I mean, so they announced the animation company. Um, I mean, that was over about the span of about 11 to 12 weeks. So it was about three months ago. <coughs> I suspect we probably won't see anything else about this. We'll probably start seeing some uh, like some cast announcements, but we probably won't see an actual show until earliest end of the year. Yeah. And even agree. then, I don't think we're going to see something unless they already have it in the, play- in the books or right. they have things worked on. Because I think it takes forever. Like, I think... It's like a week for every couple minutes or something like that. Like I think that's what like Powerhouse says uh, for like Castlevania and things like that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But still, I, that's that's something to look out for, and I'm I'm looking forward to that one. That one because I love Lord Olympus on on webtoons. It's it's a fantastic story, fantastic read. It's just I love it, and I I'm I'm excited. I'm stoked <coughs> for that one. I remember how many people I saw posting about it. So uh, I don't personally read it, but I'm always excited when people get. People get things that they want, so I will watch the show because I like cartoons. So I'm really excited. I think it's going to be fun, and maybe it'll motivate me to finally pull the trigger and start reading it. Who knows? Cool. Uh, all right, man. That's the news. That is the news. Man, we newshounded that one down. <laughs> that was some good news, though. There's some interesting stuff. You even got the uh, New Mutants tidbits in there we were able to. <laughs> uh, discussion. So I uh, I came across, I came up with this topic. I was thinking about it because earlier this week I'm playing Small World. And I had moments where I could really go cutthroat or I could have some fun. Uh-huh. And I 
ultimately decided to have fun rather than go for the win. And I mean, I could, I, I might not have won because this, I mean, we're talking a game that takes place over about 10 rounds and this is like round like six or seven. I saw like I could do this and it's the ultimate move or I could have fun and try to have my fucking ghouls take a mountain. Right. And like, I mean, when you're playing a game where it's like, you know, you've got fucking like, you know, mercenary ghouls and like fucking tactical orcs and shit like that, you know, whatever it was. You know, it's like, you, it's, you, I always make these stupid fucking stories. Like, I need to slaughter these. Like, I remember one time we played it, Aaron had mushroom people, <laughs> and I was elves, and I was commando elves, and I was like, yeah, we have to go in here and eat the mushrooms. <laughs> and, like, my elves wanted to get high, so they kept, they like, we attacked Aaron just so we could go get high and shit. Like, that was, like, the thematic joke, and then Aaron got hobbits, and, like, it became this fucking, like, you know, oh, like, the ally game. Like, oh, yeah, you're gonna hurt my elves. Well, now I'm gonna have dwarves. And, <laughs> and so it became this, like, just fucking Aaron and I just attacking each other back and forth with this, like, ever-increasing zany fucking characters and zany fucking backstory. Which is always the best. <clears throat> I, I mean, I know... But, so, well, you know, so anyway. So, like, you know, that's the thing. So, like, I made a choice to, like, I'm gonna actively... Not throw a turn, but I'm going to actively not fucking fully, like, efficiently run this turn. I'm not going to utilize this turn to the max points because it's going to be funner to think, you know, funner, that's a word. You know, sure. like, if I, because if I make this die roll, like, I could succeed here or I could gamble and see if I can get a die roll here. And I didn't succeed on that die roll, so I didn't get the points and then the ghoul's not on the mountain, you know, yada, yada. So the question really becomes... You know, when you play a game, you know, are you playing games to win or are you playing games to have fun? When we play a board game with friends... What is slash should be our main objective? Like, what do you think? Okay, so I think TI is a, a great example for us as friends because my and, and I'm I'm talking about the first time we played TI, where I sat there and on like the first or second turn went and attacked Aaron and attacked his his. Uh, yeah, that was fucking stupid. It was stupid. You attacked as all his war son, which is the equivalent of uh, Death Stars. Yeah, it was stupid as all fucking get out, but it was fun as fuck. It was the it was and I'm not I'm not a great tactical mind to begin with. So f for me looking at that I really should have even I should have been like this is a bad idea. Yeah, you but, kept him you kept him over on that side of the board which was nice for Noel and me. Yeah. But it, it it was one of those like I can you know I can go and try and do some other stuff or I can just attack and I can just have some fun and it pissed Aaron off because he's like why the Fuck are you attacking? Why don't get pissed? Well, I think it just annoyed him because you didn't destroy shit, and then he wiped your fleet out. Yeah, and then Aaron could have knocked you out of the game like round three, which he didn't. He he chose not to, and I think that's part of why he chose not to because sometimes it's more fun to just have fun than it is to try and win. And I, I don't get me wrong, knocking me out of the game does not secure the win for Aaron there, but. It, it's probably the better tactical move to actually knock somebody out of that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I I agree. I think tactically knocking one person out so you can't ha so you have someone that's not attacked. I mean, honestly though, it took you rounds to get your army and shit oh, back God. up. I, you never really a, got going because I remember it how, was almost the last fucking round before I had an actual armada again. I remember how pissed you were though because then I started role playing my fucking space lions, uh -huh. and at the end my space lions were fucking were just dictating tyrants. And it was like, we can't let Squiggle Civilization have technology. And so I fucking called every, like... So in the game, you could fucking, like, send, like, fucking favors and shit where it's like, you have to vote with me and shit like that. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, I'll uh, I'll do this, but you have to vote with me. Or it's like, you can pay people off and all kinds of shit. That's TI3. I don't remember if that's... I don't think that's in TI4. I'm not sure if it is. I don't not, remember. But, 
But I remember I had a couple cards from people that were like, oh, you know what? If you don't attack us, we'll uh, we'll vote with you. And so they'll give you, you know, it's like I fucking I forced people to vote with me. And I fucking I, I just used my iron paw to fucking not let the space dogs. I was space lions. Uh-huh. I wouldn't let the space dogs have like a free space technology. Wolves, man. Space wolves. Yeah, space fucking I, pups, man. I fucking skinned oh, you like Corella DeVille wanted to skin those puppies. I, I, was, I didn't even have to do anything. You skinned yourself. I did. Oh my god, yeah, so I remember how pissed you got at the end, though. The, the, but the reason I got <laughs> mad, the reason I got mad is because with with you crippling the fucking technology, you were going to win. Oh, I was going to win no matter what, I think. I, there was a possibility of someone else winning. Not me, but I was the only one who realized at that point, if you cripple the technology, you were going well, to win. Russell had to vote with me. Aaron didn't care, and I think I had my forces were right on her doorstep, and I could have just attacked her fan heads or something. So it's like I don't remember if she voted with me or if she just didn't vote, and which and Karen voted with me. Yeah, and I mean I had control of so much of the fucking galaxy as well. Yeah, man, we ran that fucking galaxy with an iron fist. It was oh, I was. That's what made me so mad. I was like, you. Motherfuckers. Like, you aren't going to win anyways. I was like, I know I'm not going to win, but anyone else actually has a chance if you don't do... Yeah, but you were so pissed. You're like, yeah, you took my... I mean, I've been... Don't get me wrong. I've seen pissed. fucking red, too. I, I was pissed. I have been in that situation where you're playing a game and you see fucking red because someone just fucks you completely. And it's like, there's no... Like, there was and that's no, why, re- and that I is no why. reason to fuck... I was just like, and you know, that the was space the entire, lines wouldn't have let this happen. Right. The, and, and that's why the entire time since then, every time I refer to this game, it's been the fuck squiggles rule. Because it's really what it was, was fuck squiggles. Oh, yeah, man. You were... So, oh, I just... Like I said, I'm never going to forget how pissed off you got. Well, and, the, was, I and think, you could just see it. And then the rest of the I game... Because the, was only like one more round after that. I think just, part of the reason I was pissed off, too, I was trying to pay people off. And they took the bribe and voted with you anyways. So it truly fucked me over. Because then I had no... No money to build anything anyway. Yeah, it sucked to be in your fucking corner of the universe. You had fucking Aaron breathing down your neck with his fucking war signs. You couldn't get shit going. Uh, and I'm like, you, yeah, you could use that technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, just it, it felt appropriate that my space lions wouldn't let the fucking poor get rich. They wouldn't <laughs> let the poor hit middle class. We were the 1%. Oh, yeah, that was fucking, fucking fun. Fucking Prince John over there. What the say? Yeah, yeah, I could. Uh, oh, you remember uh, the Space Lions controlled if trade could open or not or something? Yeah. And so it's like there was the one turn. I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> like someone had that strategic action. I was like, yeah, you're not getting. We're not doing that. Fuck that noise. But it's it's a great like. That, if so, I and trick it, people to take trade alliances with yeah. me, they couldn't break them. <laughs> it was it was just one of those like. But that that's what I mean. Like sometimes <coughs> I think the the ultimate goal, especially if you're playing with friends, is just to have fun. To find a way to make the games more fun, if you can. But it ultimately the goal is to win. But well, I was able to win and have fun on that one. Oh fuck you for that! <laughs> <laughs> that one still makes me a little mad. But oh, that's so great! I love it. I I I also didn't realize that with my with my uh, with my space dogs that if I was in an asteroid belt, I couldn't be touched, and I could actually survive in an asteroid yeah, belt. Yeah, the first time we played stuff. And, well, yeah, you need the technology for it, for it though. Yeah. Well, at the end, I I did. Yeah. Well, you had that. Well, you'd had you'd had the whatever attack it was you needed, but oh shit, I'm never gonna forget that game, dude. That's gonna dude. be that's one of those epic games that'll fucking always live in my fucking brain. Oh yeah. But uh. But it yeah. was a, it was a fucking great game, and it was ten hours of play that we may or may not have fucked up some rules on on some <sighs> stuff. It's but the first time we played TI. Of course, we fucked up rules. Of course. 
But it was it was a fantastic game, and it was it was just it was one we planned to get together for like a month, and we said you know it was just one of those we're gonna have some fun. Let's go have let's have some fucking. Ah, we should order dinner that night. Yeah. Fucking took forever. I remember. Oh god. But yeah, so it's like I yeah man that was a game that we played from, but like I won, so it's like and I played that cutthroat though, like I had yeah. fun, but I was able to win. So at the same like. I don't know, man. Like, I always have that problem. Like, where for, do I want to go? But, know? like, for me, I didn't play that cutthroat, and I had a great time up until that last round. <laughs> I always have I always have that issue. Like, what do I play cutthroat, or do I play for fun? And a lot of times, like, for me, like, you know, being, uh, like, efficiently maximizing my turn and, like, crushing my fucking enemy before me, crushing my opponent is fun for me. And then I'm always concerned, like, fuck, did I, like, uh, Game of Thrones is a great example. I really enjoy the Game of Thrones card game. Uh, up until recently, my deck could crush Aaron's, mm -hmm. and uh, he finally put together a um, Greyjoy deck that just kicks the ever-loving shit out of my deck. And uh, I'm on the other fucking side of the equation now. But I have a but beforehand, like I mean, I would fucking like I mean, I was on a fucking pretty impressive win streak against him. And it's like if he'd play, I'd be like, well, you know, I like doing that. I like win. I like this deck. I like these characters, and this is how I want to play. And it's like I'd always wonder, like, should I should I lighten up? Should I not go as heavy? Like, I want him to still play this game with me. Well, and that, and it also comes down to too, like, I mean, it depends on who you're playing with because I know Aaron's going to be cutthroat when he plays a game too. So for to be cutthroat with Aaron, that's completely understandable. But I guess that's to be, a to be cutthroat with like Noel that ends up getting a little more. Well, I guess here. I mean, here's the thing though. Like, people know I can play. I like. I mean, not to sound egotistical. It's going to sound fucking egotistical as shit. I'm a pretty good tactician when it comes to board you games. You are. You are very tactical. Like I can fucking. I, and I always say I'm very good at a uh, very good tactician as long as you do the exact opposite of what I say. That's yeah, very fucking true. <laughs> a lot of times, but I mean, it's like I can, I can tend to out fox you guys. Yeah. Like if we play fucking, uh, you know, letters from Whitechapel. If we play, you know, fucking, you know, those hidden movement games. Yeah, you have a very tactical mind. And it's like, and I it's beautiful to watch when you're when you're in that that tactical mindset because you can tell there are certain. There's certain games like Small World you don't get into it as much, but there. But then like Letters to Whitechapel when you're Jack, you can you can see the the gears turning and it's it's beautiful to watch. It really is beautiful to watch someone who's got that tactical mind go. Okay, I need to get from point A to point B, but I gotta hit point D, C, F, and G all the way in between. And it's it's fucking fun. I like I love those head movement games, but like I mean at the same time it's like you know it's like well. Do I fucking crush you guys? Do I like, what do I like? I mean, sometimes like you guys pick up the train. I'm like, oh shit. Like Noel smoked me in a white, in a white hall mystery once. Mm -hmm. Like she just fucking wiped the fucking floor with me. And I mean, like, it's like, it's one of those times where I was like, God, what happened? Like, <laughs> this isn't fucking normal. And I was like, I wasn't pissed, but I was like, confused. I was, oh yeah, dude. She had me. I was like, Sheldon. I was like, oh my God, what happened? I think she was Jack and I just couldn't fucking catch her. I was just like, oh shit. And it's I like, mean, and there was the one time I played as Jack, and I, I had you guys up right up until the last couple of moves, that, and that's when you when you caught it, and as soon as you did, I was done. But it, it was it was a I mean, when you get to turn on that tactical mind and get to be that different type of player, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's great to watch other people do it that are much better than me at doing that. Well, I guess that's where the question is, though, like. You know, do I, should I go full force, like, every time? Or should you go for, like, should we go full force every time we play a board game? Like, when I'm playing, uh, I don't know, like, say we're, I'm playing with my cousins and I'm playing Ticket to Ride. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't go full fucking force. Like, oh, shit, if I go full fucking force, I'm going to kick their fucking ass. Right. Like, I know the game. I know the strategy behind it. 
Uh, you know, and it's like, I have that, and I, I find myself running into that concern sometimes when I play a game with, when, uh, you know, Ticket to Ride's an example, it's like, oh, I know that I should do this. Like, if I want to do this, I'm going to hoard my cards, and then I'm going to just, I'm going to fucking just have a shitload of turns where I'm building. Yep. Like, get the small tracks you need quick, and then if you can't double down on them, and, you know, then, then just fucking roll with it. Or if I'm playing Century Spice Road, like, I just, I see how to build my engine. I'm like, okay, cool. I just do this, this, this. I need, like, seven cards. Once I get those cards, cool, I'm fucking done. And it's just... See, whereas when I, when I play when I play Ticket to Ride, I, I have a very different strategy. And I, I think it worked for me last time. I might have came up just short last time. But I can't, I can't remember right now. But was I... Was it me, you, and Tim? It was me, you, and Tim. Did, I think I beat you by, like, one? You did. You beat me by one. But that's what I mean. Like, it was very close, and our strategies weren't so different, but they were a complete opposite end. What's a great example, though, man? Like, playing with Tim, like, Tim plays board games. Like, Tim can pick up, like, the, the complexities of a harder board game. Like, I feel like I could bust out a, you know, uh, fucking Fury of Dracula with Tim. Sure. I can bust out something that's going to be a little bit more complicated with Tim and play with him. So it's like, playing these games, though, it's like, all right, you're doing this, I'm doing this, like... How like do I pump the brakes? So I, like you know, am I am I giving someone credit? Is it a handicap for them? Is it a handicap? Like what do I do? You know what I mean? So it's like, what do you do? Like what do we do in that case? Like do we play for fun? Because it is fun to play. Like I'm always just I'm happy to play board games with people I love. So I'm always happy to do that. But at the same time, it's like, do I play suboptimally? Like okay, I see if I do this, 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 and this, it's game. Do I do something different? Because that's something I do try to do. If I'm playing with newer players or I'm playing with people that I know don't know the game as well as I do. You, you almost handicap yourself. You no, know, it's like, oh, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the north in a fucking Ticket to Ride. Sure. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've never fucking tried to, like, go across, you know, from Seattle to New York. Let's see if I can just make that fucking trip because those are some long routes. Right. Or like, oh, I'm going to try to fucking ring the board. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I always... Especially when I get my tickets, if I'm playing with newer players, I always look at that. And I'm like, I'm going to take like fucking I'm going to keep all three. Like, I don't know what they are. I'm going to keep them all three. Fucking I'm, I'm in. Let's do this. So you handicap yourself a little bit. So I try, you know, it's like I try to handicap myself, you know, and then it's like, but then it's like at the same time, though, it's like if you see like, oh, man, I can make these power plays and really go for it. And, and that. The, OK, so ticket to ride you, me and Tim, we were playing. I was laying down as many tracks as I could, but I also saw that I had basically i think two routes very similar or very close to each other that i could loop mm -hmm. that would make a great loop but i would have to put i would have to to hit almost immediately on some of those routes because they were very central routes mm -hmm. so i knew if i didn't hit right away on you know these longer routes i was gonna have to i was gonna be in trouble once I started hitting on some of those logging routes, then I could start going, okay, if I take a couple of shorter routes here instead of going straight to, then I can make a longer route myself. I almost had to play the exact opposite of what you did, where you went, I need these short routes to make sure I make where I'm going, whereas mine were, I, I need the long routes to make sure I make where I'm going. So yeah, I had to... about getting the long ones. I, I had to play immediately to get them, though. I hear what you're saying. Because otherwise, it was going to be too long to make both routes. But like, you know, so it's like, what do we, you know, it's like when you do that, like, is that what you do? Is that how you try to hand, do you try to handicap your, you know, like handicap yourself so you can still play to win? I mean, that's a big question, isn't it? Personally, I don't handicap myself to, to play to win just because usually I'm, I'm playing on par with everyone else. I'm like I said, I'm not a great tactician, so I try to do everything I can. And if it works out great, most of the time it doesn't. I get it, man. I, I get what you're saying. 
So it's like, I don't know, man. Like, what do I, you know, like, I, you know, what do you do in this case? You know, it's like, because like I said, I want to win. Like, that's, like, you play board, you play games to win. You play to win. Like, I mean, you play a, co- you know, a co-op game, fucking problem solved. But you play, you know, uh, Mansions of Madness. You're probably going to play, you know, maybe you'll get co-op. Maybe you'll get fucking, like, 1v everyone else at the end. Right. Or if you play, you know, like, well, you know, play ghost stories, you can play, uh, you know, shit like that. Like, you know, Descent with the fucking computer nowadays. And you can play all these other games where it's like co-op and it's like, cool, I'm going to play this. And you just play with a partner. So it's like, yeah, you can fucking really optimize those turns and fucking not have to worry about it. And then you, who's a little bit of an alpha gamer, can can go, okay, I need you to do this. So yeah, we can do definitely. this. And then, I, you know, and then you can, you can start getting people on that same tactical mind, too. And I know some people will say, well, if you're alpha gaming, you're just playing by yourself. But sometimes it, it you you need an alpha gamer to get that person, get other people to start going. Okay, if I do this, then you can do this. If I do this, then you can do that. If I if I go here, you can go here. And then after a minute, sometimes it'll start to click, especially with guys like Tim. Sometimes me, Aaron, where you can go, oh, I see what you're doing. I'm gonna do this. I know it doesn't seem right, but give it two turns and we'll we'll get there. Yeah, I think that was the last time I played uh, Fury of Dracula. I just fucked off and let everyone else kind of like, I was like, all right, well, I think we should do this. Then I got to the end of the game and I was like, you're going here. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I definitely run into that problem. Like, I mean, I do run into that where I'm like, oh my God, everyone's fucking idiots but me. And it's like, you need to do this to win. I uh, That's why I don't play a lot of Pandemic anymore. Yeah. Um, I do want to get Pandemic. Uh, I ran into this and ever since uh, Patch has called me out on it, I, I knew I did it in my head, but Patch just called me out on him when we played Pandemic Legacy. And he's like, how many fucking games of Pandemic Legacy are you playing? And I was like, well, I'm playing all three of our fucking games. That's what I'm doing. Because <laughs> I am I want to win. Right. I want to fucking win. And I have that problem. And I do have that problem as a gamer where it's like, I want to win. Like, for me, I'm playing these games to win. I know I'm teaching you the game, but fuck do I want to win too. And I, it's so challenging for me sometimes. Like, if I don't handicap myself... It's so challenging for me to like, especially with new gamers, and I know it's fucking brutal. But like, I would just, I would just fucking crush. Like, I, I mean, occasionally, like, new gamers come in, and I'm like, God damn, you played that well. Yeah. But a lot of times, like, I mean, Century Spice Road's a great example. And if we play a hidden movement game, and I'm playing with people that I feel, you know what I mean? It's it's a little earned and a little cocky, but I feel like if we're playing Fury of Dracula and we're playing with uh, a, a mostly new group. And, and I'm Dracula. Or you're you're on the... I'll even give you... If you're on the uh, detective side and Aaron is Dracula, mm-hmm. we almost need you to go to, uh, go here, search here. Go here, mm-hmm. do this. Well, in that case, I mean, it's like Aaron's a strong gamer. So yeah. it's like Aaron and I play the most board games in our group. Absolutely. Like we play fucking... We play weekly. Sometimes we play twice a week. Like Aaron's going to come over tomorrow night. We're going to do something like I, you know, we go to Gen. Aaron and I've been going to Gen Con together. Like patches just went this year, but I mean, like we're the ones that are like, Hey man, let's fucking go to Gen Con. Yeah. So it's like Aaron and I are both extremely strong gamers in our group. And yeah, it's like, I mean, that's sometimes, like I said, I'm, I'm the moderate gamer. So I can, I can sometimes pick up what you guys are doing. And other times I'm completely lost, but I'm lost in a, and I, maybe it's just our friends, but cause I don't know that I would be happy doing it with somebody else. I don't know that I'd be happy letting somebody else I don't know take charge like that. Well, Aaron and I, like, we talk about it, too. Like, you know, we never get to play together in, like, Fury of Dracula and, like, uh, Letters from Whitechapel. Like, very rarely do Aaron and I get to be on the same team when mm-hmm. it comes... If there's a 1v many game, one of us has to DM. One of us has to Game Master. And it's like, I... You know, and the problem is, the times we have been on the same team, 
And I know what happens is like Aaron and I become like we're the team captains. Yeah. We're like, all right, you think this? I'm thinking that too, man. Let's fucking do this. Because we know those games and we know them so well. So it's like playing Aaron's like that's one of the best parts about playing Aaron. Like Aaron's a fucking like, you know, he's a kindred spirit. And it's like, fuck, man, we're doing this and we're just fucking bam. Like, you know, we played fucking uh, Star Wars Rebellion's a great game where it's like we could bring other people into it because you can I think you can do four players in and Star Wars Rebellion. I think you brought me in a couple of times for that just when I'd come home and be, and you guys would be playing. Uh, let me sit in for a game or two. Yeah, not Rebellion, because we've only played it the one time. Oh, okay. But there have been, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's been some shit that you hop in on. It was, it was definitely a Star Wars game that I hopped uh, in on. It was, uh, fuck, times. what was it? It was uh, Imperial Assault. Okay. Um, and that was, But that was uh, me v. Aaron. Oh, really? So it's like, okay. yeah, so it's like, we get to play those games. Um, Like, Descent was great. Like, uh, Aaron, we had a pretty good run in uh, Imperial Assault. It was pretty much 50-50. I kicked Aaron's ass most way across the fucking uh, universe, uh, not universe, but a uh, fucking realm in uh, Descent. Okay. Like, I had a pretty good run in that as the Overlord. I think we fucked some rules up, though, and I think I got a little too powerful. Because the Overlord's pretty powerful in uh, in Descent. So I think I, I think I fucked some of the rules on that one. But, you know, that was a game. That was a campaign we played fucking three years ago. Okay. I think we played that. I think we finished that campaign when Park, like, af- just after Park was born. Or just before Park was born. Right. So it's been a minute for that. So it's like, but you know, it's like Aaron and I, like we go full, when we get play go out full out, man, we have some fucking like uh rebellion when we played at the one time came right down to the wire. And it's like, when I play with Aaron, I know I can go fucking just full fucking tilt. Just let's fucking balls to the wall and see what happens. And honestly, you know, when I play with you too, you, you usually go full, full, full tilt. You go balls to the wall. And for a game or two, I'm probably lagging behind. But then once I start to pick it up, especially like Keyforge. When we would play Keyforge, you used to wipe the fucking mat with me. Now I'm getting to the point. We haven't played for a while, but... God, I haven't played. I'd have to look at quick rolls for Keyforge for yeah. next time I play. Yeah, I probably would too. But <laughs> the the last time we played, I was actually able... Like, I hadn't, I hadn't been able to build a key at all against you. And then all of a sudden, I was able to start <laughs> building a couple. And it got, it got right down to the wire for the both of us. My Martians, man. My glass cannons. Oh, fuck those Martians, man. <laughs> I still, I still want to get the... Uh, the the uh, dinosaur dudes. The yeah, I gotta dudes. I gotta get a deck with the Saurians in it. I want to get the Star Trek people too, the Star Alliance. Yeah. So it's like Saurian Republic and the Star and the well, Star I saw, Alliance. And I saw at um I saw at Target they had a I think twenty five dollar it's the starter, starter kit. kit. It's got all the with, tokens and shit. It's but got it, the, it, uh, had, it had the new the new packs. Of yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee you're gonna get Saurians and Star Alliance. Obviously, no. you could still get fucking you know logos, death, Death and shadows, but. Uh, yeah, but like, you know, it's like when you're playing games, though. It's like that's like that's always the challenge. I always wonder, but should so, I should I go hard or like you know what's going to be fun for this group? And I think that's something like when you're playing a game with a group that you also have to think about. <coughs> playing a game with Tim, like I can play, I can throw something competitive on there. But when I and I, if I play Aaron, like I know that I can bust out. We can bust out a card game where it's like me versus you, motherfucker. Let's see who's gonna win. Yep. We can bust out a Star Wars Rebellion and be like, "Fucking all right, man. You're the fucking rebels. I'm the fucking Empire. Let's see who's fucking going to town right now." And but like, if I'm playing a game with if Noel sit, is sitting at the table, I don't want to play that fucking cutthroat game. I want to play that co-op. I want to play the mansions. I want to play, you know, like uh, the so, Sentinels. I want to play a game that's yeah. gonna be fucking co-op in that aspect because I want. I don't like she doesn't enjoy that like for her sitting down and playing with friends like that's yeah. more enjoyable for her like I know when she beat me in Whitehall Mystery I know she fucking loved it but, so you know but it's like that's not what she's aiming for when it comes to a game night she's just aiming to have fun so I guess you know I, I guess I'm wondering more you know it's like is it play to win or play for fun is it more play to the group 
I think it is more play to the group because like I said when it's you and me I know you play to win and I know I don't always pick up on it right away and I've seen occasionally it's not often but I've seen occasionally where you start to back off a little bit but I always enjoy playing that when it's me versus you because then I can go full force and if I win man that's a fucking glorious win <laughs> that's that that that's my grandma used to do that too when we would play cards she'd never hold back on us she was never one of those people's like you guys are 10 years old I'm, I'm gonna hold back a little bit no nah, we got our asses kicked every time and then when fi- one of us finally beat her it was it was something all, we did it. all the all the grandkids even though we weren't there all of us celebrated I feel that way about playing some fucking board games. Yeah. Finally get a win after a game that's like, it's been so long. <laughs> Fuck you, board game. Woo. Yeah, no, so, I, I, but I, so when I do get to play a one-on-one with you and I do actually get a win or I do get those stepping stones like building a couple of keys in, in Keyforge, it's it's something I, I, I get to look at. Okay, I'm getting better. I'm doing better because I know you're not holding back on me. No. Most of the time. Especially in Keyforge. Yeah. I always find... I, like Keyforge is the one game I feel like I can just fucking let loose and like if you fucking lose I don't feel bad right because there's no deck building it's just how I play my cards versus how you play your cards right and so like I don't feel I don't like personally I don't ever feel like oh well I feel bad for Squiggles or I feel bad for Eric or Aaron or Pat or whoever's whoever I'm playing right like just because I'm like fuck it man I'm just gonna fucking go to town like I got I was get I got a random 37 card deck and like I know this deck better than you fucking know your deck, or I got a good draw, or like I just, and that was the I thing. can take advantage when of I, it. The the decks that I, I I built both those keys with were brand new decks to me. I hadn't played them, so either I got a really good fucking deck, or I'm starting to get to grasp what I need to do with those with those decks. One of the I mean one of the things with Keyforge is definitely experience in the fact that when you learn how the shit works together. Like, okay, cool. If I archive things with logo, like if you have a deck with Mars and logos, you know, it's like, okay, I'll archive here and then I'll use key abduction here. So it's like you start archiving a bunch of Martian cards so you get like a cheap key and like things like, you know what I mean? Like things like that. Like I, cause you can build two keys in one turn if you do, if you play your cards, right? Which is what you did to me last time. Mm-hmm. It is. So it's like, if you do things like that or it's like, okay, I see that this connects to this. Oh, if I do this, so it's like it's all about not only learning how your deck combos together, but learning like this is the play style I should be looking for. Right. Like if I'm playing this fucking specific, like you know, this race, this house, I need to fuck. I, I need to be looking for these keywords. I need to be looking for this. Like you know, oh, I'm playing Martians. I need to be looking for this. Oh, I'm playing fucking you know Brobdar. I'm looking for things that are gonna fucking like let me wake up and attack more. And, and you also like I've started learning some of my cards. Um, some of my cards, like, it's better to hold off and not play them until two or three turns later instead of, you know, I'm going to play my, I'm going to play my Martian now and, and, like, get those glass cannons, but get six or seven of those glass cannons that you can play all at once. Yeah, get them out whenever you can have some, like, Dominators and shit around them. So it's like, oh, you got to attack my Dominator if you want this. Shit like that. No, I get exactly what you're saying. And so it's like learning those decks and learning how these cards fucking combine together, too. And that's a big part of Keyforge. Like, you can't just... You, seal tournaments are great in Keyforge because seal tournaments like it's fucking like I'm learning this deck as fast as you're learning your deck. Right. So who's gonna learn the deck faster? Because I do feel Keyforge pro there probably are decks that are just inherently better. Yeah. Like I I no doubt in my mind I think that if you're doing sealed I bet you if you have just a brute strength deck you probably statistically I bet you Brobnar do really well in sealed just because oh I can pop them out I can fucking attack just bam 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 be done. Yep. Um and I like I suspect that's something I just suspect across the board. 
Whereas, like, Shadows and Dis, I think, are the two decks that, like, the best decks almost always had those houses in it. I don't know what the breakdown is now. Yeah. But it's like, those are cards. It's like, how do these but combo those are, together? Those are like, also how do these work? Very sneaky type of cards so, that once you learn how to play mm -hmm. them, you, it I mean, it takes you a minute to learn how to play those. But once you learn how to play them, you can, you can almost guarantee yourself you're going to get some points. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you see how these work and you see how they combo together. And so, like, I mean, Brobnar aren't as much. It's just like, ah, just full frontals, man. Just fucking full frontal attacks on Brobnar. And I mean, there's some strategy to the Brobnar cards, but like, for the most part, that's how they work. And that, so that's how I think. And that's how I think Keyforge. You know, that's the thing I think about Keyforge, and I like about Keyforge. And it's a great. I have like Keyforge in front. We should play some Keyforge, man. We should man. play some Keyforge. Maybe uh, probably not tonight because I'm getting a little tired. Once we're done with this, I'm probably gonna go to bed. But uh, the next uh, next weekend, maybe. I'm opening a John over next weekend too. Sidebar: If you're listening to this, John, on the day it comes out or the week it comes out, let me know if you're interested and come on out over Saturday to hang out. Woo! We'll record some shit. We'll get some woo that's hot over in the headquarters of the uh, Crow and Commandos. It'll be fun. Absolutely, it will be. But yeah, so yeah, I think that's definitely the conclusion we're going to come to, though. That, at least for me, it's not so much playing to win, it's playing to the group. Right. <clears throat> and I, I think it's the same for me, too. It, it play, Playing to the group means playing to the best of everyone's ability. Playing to... So everyone has fun. Yeah, it's like making sure, like, if you're going to play a game that's competitive, that's fine. Like, if you're going to fucking... If you're going to play a game that's competitive <coughs> and you're playing with new players, handicap yourself. Because I think I would be really annoyed if somebody didn't play to their full potential in that aspect. Yeah. Like, I don't want somebody who's teaching me the game to fucking, like, hold off just so I could win the game, potentially. Like, I want to win the game and I want to win the fucking... You know what I mean? Right. And handicapping yourself and potentially or, or purposely losing are two different things it doesn't yeah it's like i don't mind if you if uh i don't know you play a game that has like races or something in it, yeah. you know like well this is the shittiest race like everyone knows it's the shittiest race it's the handicap right you know it's like you pick this race you got a fucking uphill battle perfect give me that yep you know it's like that's what i want to play in a game like that like if i'm playing with new players so it's like, and I don't think that's a fucking insult to them. It's like, oh, or, well. Or like you said with a ticket ride, I'm going to take all three tickets. It's going to be a harder road to, to travel. It's an uphill road, but I can still do this. Yeah, and you'll definitely, like I said, if you watch me when I play Ticket to Ride, you'll see that, like, if I'm playing, if it was like you, Aaron, Noel, I would not do that. I'd look at my tickets. and But if, like, I don't know, man, say uh, say Kayla plays Ticket to Ride with us sometime, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a group of us, like, you would see me probably fucking just like, all right, do, 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 and then fucking move on. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm keeping them all. It's good. Let's see what happens. So it's like, it makes it a, it makes it a bit more of a challenge for me, and that's what I enjoy. That's one of the things I love in the games. Absolutely. So, oh, man, I think, uh, well, we've got, I think we talked that one into the ground. I think we have. I'm feeling pretty good about it, though. Me too. All right, man. Uh, let's see. Outro? Outro. All right. Uh, you have until J uh, January 19th to submit a review on iTunes or our Facebook page for a chance to win a copy of Bone Volume 1 Trade Paper. Um, guys, in all seriousness, ain't no one fucking entered. Not yet. So we've been doing this for a month. We, um, we, we seriously want you to enter. We are going to... We bone. want to give you... We want to bone you. <laughs> we do. Uh, we, we both have agreed to get a copy and provide it for the winners so if you guys are out there if you're listening i don't care if it's five fucking words give us a review yeah Re tell I mean, us I want something useful but yeah I five some, words like this show I mean, is great I'd, I'd be done with that Give yep. four words at this point you're this winning, show is you're shit. Winning a explain that a little bit more please yeah but at this point you you will win um we have you know two two copies to give away no one's fucking entered um, and if you don't, you know, that's fine. Like, we're going to, you know, if this one doesn't work out, we'll try a different contest. It's not like we're right. going to give up. 
But, uh, you know, just, you know, this is something that we want to give you guys for, you know, putting up with us. You put up with us for an hour and a half to two hours every week, and we really appreciate that. And we hope to uh, actively engage with you more. So, and that's kind of our attempt at it. That's how we're trying to swing it. So, uh, you know, let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we're not doing well. Let us know. Especially uh, what we're not doing well. Yeah, you know, let us know what you want to see as well. Because we want to grow. We want to grow as a podcast. We want to grow as uh, entertainers. But we can't do that if we're not getting some kind of feedback. So we need we need you guys out there in listener land to to give us that to give us the feedback that we need. Definitely. Um, as always, you can send us emails as well at crowingcommandos at gmail You can find us on Facebook at crowing commando. You can find us on Instagram at crowing commando rooster, and you can find us on Twitter at c bonikowski. Yep. Uh, with that, uh, you got uh, you got a quote. I've got our quote. You got our quote from the great Amy Poehler. Amy uh, Poehler, love that lady. Change the world by being yourself. Ooh, very good, very yeah. good. Simple, quick, and to the point. But man, is that a strong like one. It. Be you, man. Be your weird, beautiful, crazy self. You're not gonna change the world by being normal. Agreed, one hundred percent. History isn't filled with the normal people. It's filled <laughs> with the with the weirdos and the greats that made a difference. Oh yeah. All right, well, with that, I'm Rooster. I'm Squiggles. And this is the Crow and Commandos signing out. See ya! Hey, Nate, thank you so much for that intro. Rooster, Squiggles, maybe buy some music. <laughs> Have a great week, Commandos.